Welcome, everyone, to the Lost Lowdown podcast number 11 with your hosts, Claude and Justin. What's up, guys? Today, we will be recapping... <laughs> Some episodes of season two. Uh, sorry, I um, forgot what we were doing for a second there. Um, hopefully, you guys have already heard our uh, uh, part one of our season two quick and dirty retrospective. This is going to be... QDR, please. Yes, exactly. This is going to be part two. We're going to do <clears throat> the second set of eight episodes, which are episodes nine through 16. What Kate Did, the 23rd Psalm, uh, Hunting Party, Fire Plus Water, because it's a plus <laughs> sign, people, The Long Con, One of Them, Maternity Leave, and everyone's favorite, The Whole Truth. Because if you only get half the truth, well, you're probably talking to Charlie. Can I get a zing? Zing! Okay. Um, let's just jump in here uh, <laughs> and get started. Uh, I guess we should be should we let the audience know that this is uh, this podcast is going to be tentatively dubbed the Midnight Podcast because it's midnight where I am right now. It's one o'clock where Justin is. Woo-hoo! We're both tired. We're both trying to get these uh, season two podcasts out before season three starts in oh four days. You know, so um, that means our schedules have to be interrupted so that you guys a... can enjoy. Our lovely voices and insights. It's a bit of a uh, cram session yes, here. It's a cram fest. So we might be a little more loopy than usual because we're running on caffeine. But uh, yeah. hopefully that'll make it all the more interesting to laugh at us. Perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Speaking of perhaps, perhaps what Kate did, episode nine. Yes. The two groups of others are united at last. <laughs> what? <laughs> I totally misread that. Wow. I know. I, like, I missed that shit. I should, go, I should go watch that episode again. I missed that. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I thought that was a boring episode. Uh, <laughs> who knew? I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. The two groups of survivors are united at last. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I made a mistake. Um, Kate has a strange. <laughs> Kate has a strange sighting while gathering food. A delirious Sawyer confesses his feelings for Kate, I guess. After Shannon's funeral, Jack and Locke return to the hatch to find the clock dangerously close to zero. Watch out, guys! Michael makes a discovery that may hold the key to getting his son back. Mm. Alright, that was a fairly, uh, fairly aptly written synopsis. That was a weird phrase. Yes. Um, there's a lot to talk about here, I think. Um, so it's all on you, Justin. Oh, is it now? Put your pants back on and start talking. All right. Uh, uh, well, you know, um, I don't have a lot in this episode. Uh, the, the only thing I wrote down to talk about is the, the, the horse thing. Uh, you know, what is the horse? Is the horse there? Etc. Yes. Now this is this this is the second sighting of the horse, or is this the first sighting? I. What do you mean? You mean it within the episode? You, well, are you asking what I'm asking about? <laughs> are you? Kate sees the horse twice, correct? Yeah. Yeah. One right. time by herself, the second time with Sawyer. 
Right. Now, I'm just a little fuzzy since we're watching so many episodes at once. Is, it, is this the episode? This is the episode when she sees it first. This is the episode. This is this contained both both scenes. Oh, both of those were in the same episode. Yeah. Ah, therein lies the problem. Okay, I'm on the same page. Let's go. Okay, good. <laughs> so, um, so when I'm referring to this, I'm I'm pretty <clears throat> much talking about both scenes. I'm assuming it's the same thing in both scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, which may be faulty, but I'm assuming that. Um. So, yeah, so the question is, uh, what is it? And, you know, why is it there? Is it there for real? Is it, is it something like the, the polar bear? Or is it, you know, uh, maybe the smoke monster? Or is it, uh, I don't know, well, uh, I don't a mean simple inter- hallucination? I don't mean to interrupt you, buddy, but it doesn't sound like you have a lot of answers there. Um... Well, I don't. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm kidding. So... I don't know about you, but when I travel over the Pacific Ocean, I usually bring my back black stallion. So I think oh, okay. Kate just brought her pet horse with her. Wow. Yeah, it survived, you know. Most people don't bring, yeah, horse. do horses fit you, in the... You uh... can stow it in the overhead compartment. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And if yeah. it's too big, you, I can, guess you, gotta... you can put it in the crew luggage compartment up front if it's too big. Oh, okay. I think well, that's probably... that, yeah. That's why Charlie can get his guitar in there because there's a horse. There's there. a horse. Yeah, I guess you have to sort of fold the horse. Sodding horse. To uh... Sorry. oh god. So okay, here's my explanation of the horse. I think the horse is smoky. I'm sorry, that it just seems like it is. Simple as that. It, it's a it's it's smoky because I think all of the hallucinations have real world have to have some sort of real world connection not just like a a, a literal hallucination um <clears throat> so i think uh especially since other people see it you know i don't think there's any real way for so- both Soria and kate to see the horse um without it actually being there and the fact that she touches it you know yeah she, you know and and sawyer seemed to pick up some sort of familiarity between the two um yeah and that was a big ass horse Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kate's probably pretty small, but that's a big ass Yeah, horse. horses are big, too. Yeah, they're pretty big. Um, they're not dogs. They're not dogs. People buy them as pets, and then they grow up, and they try to flush them down the toilet. Yeah. Can't do it, people. Horses don't like that. No, they don't. So, it's weird to me because, you know, she when she saw, I mean... I would expect the horse to have some kind of deep personal significance to her, but when she sees it in her flashback, it's just, you know, it's just after uh, the marshal picks her up, I guess, for the first time. Yeah. I, I guess. It's yeah. It's kind of weird. That seemed like the first time, because that... Because she didn't, she didn't recognize him, so... <laughs> uh... I'm going to Tallahassee, mister. Leave me alone. Yeah, like, I really thought that was weird, because he seemed to know who she was. I'm like, you don't recognize him yet? But I guess that means that was the first time. And yeah. so, like, uh, you know, she's in the car with him, and she, you know, she makes him crash the car, and then, you know, escapes, and that's when she sees the horse, right? It just sort of, like, walks by. Well, the horse, the horse is the reason he crashed. Oh really? The horse sa- the horse basically saved her, let her escape. That's her, that's, oh, that's her deep I, that's her deep connection to the horse. 
I thought she made it crash. She no, no, no. Oh, I'm thinking of the scene with the Australian farmer yeah. when she ran the car off the road. Okay, sorry. Yeah, uh, don't get it confused. Okay, so the horse made her, made her, helped her escape in some way, and that maybe that's why she considers, you know, considers it to, to, to be sort of because. Why she feels like she has some kind of personal connection. With exactly, the exactly. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'll buy that. And uh, you know, it being smoky, I mean, that's great. But the thing, the thing that's bothering me is, you know, someone on the fuselage asked Greg Nations with two G's. Do we have to talk about Greg every podcast? He's just well, man, he's everywhere. Well, you know, he answers everybody's questions. Yeah, no, Somebody actually asked him about this issue that um, Damon and Carlton brought up about seeing the smoke monster but not knowing that that's what we were looking at, yeah. you know? And the horse was an obvious sort of thing to say, but Greg Nations offered the clue. He said, yeah, I know what they're talking about. And yeah, he said that the episode they're referring to is after the 23rd song. So, which rules out what Kate did. So, whatever they were talking about, it is not the horse. Um, which doesn't mean the horse isn't it, but whatever they are referring to isn't that. So, it makes me want to believe that's not it. But, uh, I don't know. Well, one of the things I was thinking for, uh, because, you know, it's fine to say, oh, it's smoky, it's, oh, whatever, but... I, you know, the, the, you'd have to ask yourself why. You know, I don't just like to give random explanations without thinking about why that would be the case. So I was yeah. thinking maybe, maybe Smokey, you know, obviously if Smokey appears in its, in his, its regular form, uh, it'll scare off people. And I think maybe sometimes it appears as people, as, you know, as, as people the Losties recognize or, or are things the Losties or, you know, the horse or something that yeah. Losties will have some familiarity with so it can sort of maybe read their mind or probe them or get it closer to them or do something without, you know, be around, be closer to them without them being afraid of it. So, I don't know, that's just a general little reason why sometimes these, these things might be smoky. Um, if, if, if this horse isn't smoky... I would just have to say it's one. It, it, the other explanation explanation would be that it's just a really, 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 really big coincidence that there's just a black horse on this island. Um, yeah. And which I would, you know, I guess you have to put it up there, but I, I don't think that's really true. Um, the other thing would be the other explanation would be some sort of shared hallucination. But what would be the cause for that? You know. Um, right. So, that's well, all I can really think of. You know, this this episode to me, in retrospect, seems like it's 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 Kate's chance or Kate's episode to get you know tested, where she sort of has to work out you know her problems. Mm -hmm. You know, like other care. You know, Sawyer had to do his thing, and Jack had to do his thing, and everybody sort of has to deal with their whatever their problem is and it seems like this episode is Kate's like opportunity to sort of deal with her her big problem I guess which is you know what she did and uh, the ramifications of that so you know I feel like the horse being there is sort of an impetus for her to deal with it and so it makes me think maybe it's just the island like making her work through her problems like it has other characters yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's really weird. You know, I really don't like those flashbacks when 
I mean, it's one thing to get, you know, get a BS on somebody, but it's another thing when the BS has a point, you know, like, you know, oh, Charlie, you'll never take care of anyone, you know, like, it all led up to that, just so, you know, Claire can basically say the same thing to him, you know? Right. So, that's the thing, what, what did the horse help her work out? What was she going through in this episode that she even needed something to work out? Oh, this one was about... Oh, this is when, when she's dealing with killing uh, killing Wayne, right? Yeah. And she has to, you know, she's got guilt with that, I guess. Right, and she's seeing, you know, she's seeing him talking through Sawyer. And, uh, you know, she, uh, when she sees the horse, she thinks she's sort of going crazy. And, you know, through that process, I guess, it makes her sort of remember this you know, killing the guy and and beginning to go on the run. Yeah. And so it seems like the horse, like, makes her confront that. I mean, not, like, directly, but, you know, it it leads to that in some way. I wonder if, if, if when the horse appeared, like, when the horse appeared the first time, it was fate's way or something of, of basically letting her off the hook for killing Wayne, like, fate sort of saying, well... You know, I guess you did a bad thing, but you had good intentions, so you don't necessarily deserve to be punished for this. And so the horse comes and let you know gives her an opportunity to escape. And so later, when she's you know when we're on when she's on the island, and she is thinking about the you know having the same regrets again, <clears throat> the horse resurfaces to sort of remind her or to tell her again, hey, it's okay. You you know you did what you thought was right. Um, you know, I mean, that's the only real thing I can think that the horse could be doing is just sort of, you know, yeah. reminding her that it's okay sort of thing, you know, putting her at ease. Now, we really should, should talk about this Wayne situation and why she thought Wayne was communicating through Sawyer. Right. Uh, especially after just one line. I mean, obviously, it's the most direct line, you know, Sawyer could say for her to think that's Wayne besides, hey, I'm Wayne. Right. But... It was still very, you know, Sawyer was very delirious, um, but I just, I just don't know why she just said, "Oh, this must be Wayne," and and then, the, you know, to get all her feelings out about that, and and really, I guess I would write it off as just a, a writing thing, so that we can know that she's having feelings for Sawyer. I mean, we already saw the her actions, you know, re- you know, relay that she has feelings for him, you know, when she's. You know, sad she didn't say goodbye to him on the raft, and then when he yeah. comes back and she's taking care of him, and obviously she's doing it. But to act, this gave her the opportunity to actually, you know, say the words that she's starting to get feelings for him and stuff like that, and it's all very sad and sappy. Um, so you you think Sawyer really said that stuff? I don't. I just don't want to buy it's Wayne. You think Wayne said it? No, I think it was a hallucination. I feel like yeah. that didn't happen. Because I just oh. don't think he would say that. You don't think so? You're, you think Kate imagined that he said that? Yeah, I don't think Ow. he really said that. Ow. <laughs> just because, like, no, I don't think it's Wayne. That's too silly. I also don't think Sawyer would say that. I, I think, just... you know, I just, I'm going to go ahead and say I think Sawyer said it because as far as I can tell from the show, they've never shown us an hallucination without letting us know it's an hallucination, you know? I mean, obviously, there's a, there's a couple times, huh? Dave. I thought Dave was pretty clearly a hallucination. 
Okay, well, well we I mean, find it's, out, technically. It's on, the, it's on the cut. I mean, obviously, you know, you can say what you want, but I think no one else saw Dave, obviously. So, I mean, that's the thing. Of course, there was Jack's dad. There were a couple other things that may have been hallucinations. I, I mean, I'll, I'll say that. But, to the, but something that small, you know, which basically is just one line, did she imagine that line? Like, I think that's a little bit too small for them to do as a hallucination. I'm just going to, I mean, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying there's a right answer here. I'm just saying I, I just believe he said it. Um, you know, it's a writing thing. They had him say it, you know, and the, the sort of answer is that he was delirious. Um, yeah. But oh, he's, I mean, oh, oh, here's the other thing I meant, to, I meant to bring up. I thought one of the things I thought in thinking about that line, you killed me. I think that was the line he said. Why did you kill me? Why did you kill me? There you go. Uh, and that's another thing. Why would, Wayne would know why you killed me. I mean, just literally speaking, Wayne shouldn't have to ask that. Yeah, Wayne should know. Um, I was thinking maybe, maybe since you know Kate wanted on the raft, but Sawyer ended up going, and this is why he's in that situation. That he was sort of, that question was sort of blaming her in a certain way. I mean, obviously he wasn't dead, but it was sort of like, you know, almost blaming her for the fact that he didn't let her on the raft almost. Oh, so I, I, I mean, I can't. I'm, I'm not. I can't really, you know, line that up for that explanation. But I'm just saying. I, w- I was trying to think of it as, as you know, blaming her for him being in that situation. You know, which would be you know bad on his part. But yeah. Um, well, yeah. I was just trying I mean, to think of how he's... how else he could mean. You know, what else he could mean by that line? You know. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it occurs, but yeah, blaming her is just ridiculous, unless he's so delirious that he thinks he's looking at the, the other that shot him, you know, I, yeah. I can't imagine why he would say that, I mean, you know, I just, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just assumed, I just assumed that, uh, even though the horse turned out not to be a hallucination, somehow I, uh. Just assumes he, I just can't see him saying it, but I guess I guess it could just be a writing thing, and they just, you know, I don't know. Unless, I mean, I don't think it really matters if he actually said it or not, but in terms of you know, how the about, show, I mean, it sort of comes to the same thing. But how about this? What if Kate was hallucinating, like that whole sequence of events? Like, you know, well, some of that can't be a hallucination. But I was thinking, what if, like, the, the, when she come, when she brings Sawyer out, you know. I mean, I thought it was a little contrived that, you know, Sawyer and, uh, you know, Sawyer and Kate come out from the hatch. Um, and they just sort of sit on the rock just to wait for the horse to show up, pretty much. Right. Um, so I thought that was a little contrived. But what if that whole thing was hallucination and, you know, he never really saw a horse? She just hallucinated that whole part. I, you know, so maybe the hallucination is a little more encompassing than that, and that could explain it. I don't know, you know, but why she would hallucinate so much is beyond me. Um, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I guess I'm just gonna say, dude, that he he said it. There's no reason to say it. He was delirious. Uh, I don't think Wayne said it. The horse was really there. Maybe it was Smokey. I mean, I think it was Smokey. I just it has to be right. I guess. Well, I mean, do the other hallucinations have to be smoky? Yeah. I mean, could it could it be like the polar bear? 
you know, which which well, doesn't seem to be oh, I a mean, hallucination. Zoological research on a horse, I mean, I guess. Well, I know that's pretty silly, but I guess what I mean is, you know, maybe they, could they have had horses there, not necessarily to research horses, but to... To I don't even have a theory. I don't know. I, hey man, maybe there's could, horses on there. I mean, could there be some reason why they had horses? I mean, horses are on most continents. You know, I mean, they maybe somehow they, you know, maybe there was horses. On, ugh, I doubt there was. There make no sense to be horses on the Black Rock. But I was just gonna say the Black Rock. Yeah, they they, I, don't, I don't think that makes any sense to have horses on a slave ship. But maybe no. And and then those horses survived and propagated and. Yeah, uh, I guess, man. Why not throw it in the pile? Sure, it can't hurt. Uh, All right. So, I thought it was funny that Kate's mom gave her up. Uh, you know, it's a very strange thing to do. Yeah, I know. Um, um she, uh, yeah, she, uh, I don't know. She wasn't uh she wasn't very sympathetic or understanding. And then at the hospital she's all scared and it's just like Yeah. You're, you're yeah. Uh, I don't know I don't know why I mean obviously I guess for her to be a outlaw she needs to go on the run, so her mom needs to give her up, but yeah. just in terms of you know, the plot that was a little that was a little It just it seems weird to me that she's like this big fugitive based on this murder. I mean People kill people and don't get caught all the time, and they're not necessarily, like, hunted, you know, by a single person, you know, especially for a murder like this, where they're, you know, they're not, they're obviously not uh, the kind of criminal that's just going to go around killing random people. There's obviously a motive here, and, you know, you you don't expect Kate to just go start blowing up everybody's house, you know, you don't consider a threat to the public, so... To me, devoting that much energy to catching her is just sort of silly. I mean, I I sort of thought. I mean, we could probably use another BS to figure this out for sure. But I sort of thought, like, you know, she committed the murder, and then it was a regular sort of police case, and that marshal guy was, um, you know, assigned to it, and he went, you know, he went and got her the first time. It was going to be pretty clear cut, but you know, because he 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 said, you know, when they're driving in the car, he sort of gives her the rundown on the situation. You know, so he's 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 he he's done things like this before. He knows the the type. So I think it became personal. You know, a- after the first time when like she got away, you know, he seems like the kind of person who that would you know not sit well with him. And so it became more. It became less that the law, like less than that, that the police were just uh, like you know intense manhunt after her. Then he you know he was one, he was the one pushing for it, like. When she went on the lamb, because obviously it was like how many was it four years that she was on the run or something like that, you know? I think I think it was basically, it was it was it was the Marshall guy who was pushing for this the whole time to keep to keep going after her, going to different continents and following her all these right. other places. I think it became really personal for him, and I think that's. But really I mean, really, even that mm-hmm. like initial scene in the in the station where you know he catches her the first time. I mean, there's like all those people there. Just to get her, three I mean, people. it just seems like, it just seems sort of ridiculous to even devote, I mean, do they really think she was that big of a deal? Like, I just, I don't know. Well, that station scene was textbook, you know, writing, so, I mean, 
the, the camera cuts to those undercover guys who are like staring her at her and have earpieces sticking out of their ear. Like, yeah, that was pretty crappy, you know. But um, yeah, but did that? I mean, do they really think she's going to be that much of a problem? I mean, uh, you know. Well, don't forget the show is setting up that she's you know this this uh, you know this very feisty person, you know. Yeah, I know. I know they're really trying, but I just you know it's a, she never does enough for me to buy that. <laughs> oh, but she can cut a mean haircut. Oh God. Um, let's move on to uh, to one of the many good references in these uh, episodes. Um, as we talked about off podcast. After after the the other forty eight days, when Goodwin details how Nathan was a bad person and 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 talks about you know them being good, the others being good, you know in general, um, we started to notice a lot of references to Losties saying that you know I'm 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 good, I'm not good, this person's good, I'm bad. A lot of reference to that. There's a scene with Jack and Kate when she gets really emotional for. Very little reason, and um, and she says, um, "I'm sorry, Jack. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not as perfect as you. I'm sorry. I'm not as good." She uh, extends that word pretty pretty long there. Um, so obviously they're they're setting up good and bad uh, because season two is all about good and bad, um, as Henry will soon say. I'm. I don't know what he says. What did he say? I'm a good guy or something. We're the good guys. We're the good guys. Maybe they're not attacking you. Maybe they want to throw you a pizza party. Mm. Um. So anyway, I thought it was interesting that um. Kate Kate sort of realizes she's not good, you know, and she's dealing with the you know the her past and all that stuff, and and in that scene, you know, I wondered why when you know she kisses Jack and they sort of kiss. And then she, you know, they stop, and she looks at him very strangely, and sort of like disappointedly, and then like you know runs away, sort of crying. And to me, I what I thought in my head that that was about. I mean, it's sort of a minor thing, but I was re- it was a very strange thing reaction to have. I think after you kiss somebody to look at them like very puzzled. And I was thinking maybe she felt that. Um, so, uh, let's see if I can explain this. That she felt sort of like Jack. She thought when she kissed him that maybe Jack was like her. Maybe he wasn't as good or or whatever. But the point being that at, when she when she kissed him, she realized she she just got some sort of feeling that he's intrinsically good, intrinsically better. They'll never be the same type of people, and that sort of scared her and made her sad. And that's why she stopped kissing him and left. That's just sort of what I interpreted from that look she gave. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. I didn't even notice the look. Yeah, if you if you get a chance anytime soon, go back and look at that scene. Uh, it's a very strange look, be- you know, because usually, you know, when you know, two people kiss, they kiss and then they either say something about it or whatever. But she just sort of stops and looks at him like, like very puzzled. She was very puzzled and and sort of sad and depressed. Looks like, and then she's you know runs away crying. So you got to wonder what that means. Um. Yeah. After yeah. and I was believe it was at, you know just after her um uh that was yeah that the kiss was just after her I'm not as good speech. Yeah, yeah. Um 
So anyway, what else? Um, <laughs> oh, uh, orientation film. Yeah, yeah, okay. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, I think, does Locke edit the, edit the thing in this episode? He does. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I guess that's a really easy thing to do. As a person who's done tape-to-tape editing, like with real tape and a real, a real flatbed editing machine... It's fairly easy, uh, and what he, especially what he did, was 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 really easy. All he basically did, um, when I originally saw this episode, and you know, you know, when you watch the original orientation film, there's a lot of gaps in the footage. Oh yeah. So when they say there's pieces missing, you think there's 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 many many pieces missing, and yeah. so when they found the original, or I should say, when they found the pieces that were missing rolled up in the Bible. I thought to myself, he's going to have one hell of a time splicing that, that piece of shit back together because there were a lot of edits taken out of there. But, of course, right. you, you finish watching it, and there's really only one big edit that he splices back in there. Yeah. And that was very easy to do because, basically, <clears throat> if you watch him, he looks at the roll of film, and he finds where the tape is. Because, basically, to make a splice, you know, you take a razor... And you you know you cut the part that you know where you want the edit to be, you know, mm-hmm. and then you know so you have that cut, and then you cut the the second part where you want the you know the new edit to start, and you put the first piece with the the second piece, you know I should say the third piece, and then the middle piece is what you take out, obviously, um, and then you join those pieces those those two pieces with a piece of tape. So all he did was look for the tape, and that told him where the splice was. And so yeah. he knew where to where to splice it back into, and he just got to use tape and tape it back down. Uh, he looks like he was using masking tape, so it would have like been blurry on screen. But I guess I won't nitpick too much. Uh, you're supposed to use a special kind of tape, but anyway. Um, hey, give him a break. Give him a break. Uh, He's not an island. Jeez. Yeah. Um, it, struck, it struck me as another skill that Locke sort of had, but I guess I guess if it's easy enough, then it's not. That it good. is fair. I would say on a scale of one to ten, what he did. I'm not. I'm not saying film editing is easy, but what he did. I'll say one to five, easy. One being really easy, five being really hard. It was like a. It was like a two or a one. I mean, it. It was fairly easy to do. It was fairly easy to do. Okay. You just got to know what you know. You got to know what this what this edit's gonna look like, and it's obviously where it's joined together with tape. So right. he knew where to put it back in. So that was I think I think that's the hardest part is knowing where it goes. Right. Yeah. That's where I would have been stuck. Yeah. But the real the real thing is you know Michael sees the film and he asks Locke about Locke about the missing pieces and Locke goes oh it's just a splice here and there nothing important and I'm thinking right. to myself wow he couldn't be more wrong. Yeah, but of course he's sort of right because when we, as you all know, if you watch the episode, when we get the missing piece, it doesn't tell you anything you couldn't have guessed. The right. basically the missing piece says don't use a computer, you know, for communication. Which the only reason that we found the missing piece, the only reason is it sets up what Michael does in the very next scene, which is get on there and use the computer for communication. Right. It basically sets up the drama because we are ju- we've just been told that under no circumstances did you do that, and he goes and does that. So we're like, oh, no, what's he doing? 
Be, you know, I mean, we were. I think we would have been wary anyway if he just hopped on there communicating. But the, you know, the writers gave us that dire warning with the missing piece, which, right. which, if you watch the original film, you can pick up that it was saying, "Don't use it for anything else but pressing the button." Yeah. Anyway, you know, that was sort of a point of contention for me because I thought that was a, a, sort of a waste of time, but whatever. Um, yeah, but it brings up some questions. I mean, according to the season two finale, uh, it was Redzinski that made this edit. Yeah. And so one question would be, why did he do that? Well, why would Rosinski not want people to know that they shouldn't use it for communication? Yeah. I would say if he plans on, if he plans on, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, what would be the reason that he would want someone to communicate on there? I mean, basically, if he wanted to have, maybe if he wanted to be able to have communication with who's ever in the hatch, if he's not there. Now, I've got a whole theory that maybe we should say for later about um, uh, the hunting party on what was going on with Michael talking to quote unquote Walt on the computer. Um, and okay, and uh, should we should save that maybe? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that, it comes back up in three minutes. It's, you know, I mean, they, they kind of show that stuff a few times. Uh, it's a, it's a probably extended theory. I guess I'll save it for the hunting party. Yeah, okay. Sure, sure. Um, but anyway, okay. so I can't really answer that question without getting to my theory about what that whole computer thing was about anyway. Okay. But I, I really, I guess, I guess my tentative, my tentative statement on that is that I really don't know why Rosinski would, uh, would want someone to communicate or not want them to know that they shouldn't communicate. Right. Um, I really... Uh, yeah, I don't know, sorry. man. I feel like there was more edits in the film than just that. Me you too. Know? And I feel like Rosinski may have taken out more important things and that, the you know, this, this piece right here that we found was just to set up what Michael was about to do. Yeah, I... Uh... Especially the the utopian social thing. That's yeah. That there's a big edit there that sort of disappeared, and uh, yeah, I mean maybe we'll find more. I don't know. I, and maybe it's just destroyed and we'll never see it again. I don't know. But uh, another thing that you may not be able to answer is what about what about Michael talking to quote unquote Walt? Uh, you know, is it is it. Really, Walt? Oh, that's my theory. I mean, I've got an explanation That's part of your theory? Okay, well, all right, we'll get into that later. Yeah. And then I guess I'll say what my theory is on that later, which is probably much more boring than yours. (laughs) Uh, Well, mine's true, so... Okay, well, I guess uh, truth is less boring than fiction. Uh, So, I think I don't have anything else on this uh, episode. Do you uh, have more you want to talk about? Um, I guess it's the 23rd Psalm is when actually he, he, he gets a message from Walt and he leaves. Uh, sorry, I was looking at my notes. It's not Hunting Party. That's when they're chasing him. Um, oh, okay. But uh, no, uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> I thought it was fun- interesting. Echo says, don't mistake coincidence for fate. Ah, yeah. That right. was a to me. That was a, bi- a very big line. I think. I think. Um, I think when Echo comes into the picture in terms of the show, he is more connected to the island than Locke is at that point. 
and and maybe not necessarily getting uh, getting messages from the island like Locke was, but he's he is he's more in the sort of mystical. Um, I don't. I feel like he's more on the right path than Locke is at this point. I don't think he's getting the same sort of information from the island that Locke was getting, but I think he's just sort of by sheer luck or just by his own nature, he's he's sort of more parallel to the islands, whatever right now than Locke is. Yeah. Um, so when he says don't mistake coincidence for fate, I think that was a clear-cut sign of basically, you know, hey, Locke, you know, you thought, you know, that everything was leading up to you getting the hatch, but, you know, that's just coincidence, you know. Right. The, the fact that you found the dynamite, that was coincidence, you know. Um, right. You know, it's not, don't mistake it for fate. And that's uh, it's a very poignant line. I really like that line because it makes you think about a lot of things. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um yeah, and it's interesting that he said that because, like, it was really, like, earlier in the episode, he tells this long story that leads <laughs> up to him, uh, you know, giving giving Locke the, uh, the, uh, the Bible that has the, the you know, the extra... Oh, Josiah, the good king. <laughs> right. God, I love that story. Yeah, you know, I barely... God. I barely followed it. If you don't um, mind, I will begin at the beginning. Boy, when you say beginning, you mean beginning. What was that supposed to be funny? Like that was a weird jokey thing to say. Yeah. When you say beginning, you mean beginning. I feel like Mel Brooks wrote that. Jeez. <laughs> Did this even a Mel Brooks line? Oh, like God. Oh boy, when you say beginning, you yeah, okay. That's, that's like a knee slapper. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is kind of jokey, but you know. Echoes Echoes being very serious, so I guess they're trying to bring some levity into the proceedings a bit. Well, uh, can we talk about this story real quick? Yeah. Cuz I think there's something that the okay, um I I guess I, I'll Huh? Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I guess I'll read it real quick for those of us uh who won't don't remember right offhand. Yeah, and so, I'd like to count myself among those because I I didn't really follow it. Like he confused me, so it's one of those I'm stories that that you follow all the way into the very last thing and then you don't understand how one thing led to the other. Right. Um and so here we go. Echo Echo is just sitting at the kitchen table by himself, apparently waiting for Locke to pass by, because he's not doing anything but sitting there with the Bible. Right. He's just like, it's very strange. Anyway, Locke comes in, Locke says hello, Echo says hello, and he says, I, I have something I think you should see. If you don't mind, we'll begin at the beginning. Long before Christ, the king of Judah was a man named Josiah. And Locke says, boy, when you say beginning, you mean beginning. And Echo says, waka waka. Yeah, waka waka waka. At that time, the temple where the people worshipped was in ruin. And so the people worshipped idols, false gods. And so the kingdom was in disarray. Josiah, since he was a good king, sent his <laughs> secretary to the treasury and said, We must rebuild the temple, give all the gold to the workers so that this will be done. But when the secretary returned, he had no gold. And when Josiah asked him why this, why this was, the secretary replied, We found the book. And he says, Do you know this story? And Locke says, No, I'm afraid I don't. Echo says, what the secretary had found was an ancient book, the Book of Law. You may know it as the Old Testament. And it was with that ancient book, not with the gold, that Josiah rebuilt the temple. And on the other side of the island, we found a place much like this. And in, in this place, we found the book. 
Echo unwraps the book, pushes it towards Locke. I believe what's inside there will be of great value to you. Now, it's a very good story. It's very interesting and captivating. You know, what it leads up to, I don't think is, <laughs> is tantamount. But um, first, first, let's talk about the story. Um, I thought it was, it was very strange that, I mean, I guess I shouldn't nitpick the story too much, but... Said, yeah, I, I still don't get it. I, well, I, I'm, basically, I'm missing something. Okay, basically, Josiah was the king of Judah, and since all of the all of the, I guess maybe, I guess this is before Christ, so they weren't Christian. I don't really know what. I don't know. I guess I don't know. Okay, well, they had the Old Testament before Jesus, so this was this was I don't know. So, <laughs> I think they're pretty much. I think they're pretty much Jewish. Yeah, I guess point. they're just. I guess this is this is Judaism. Um, so anyway, Josiah is the king. I guess it's Judah. It's probably Judaism. Josiah was the king. The temples were in ruins. Have you ever seen the Ten Commandments? No. With Charlton Heston, that comes on like every year. You haven't seen that? Sorry, I never. I never had a desire to watch it. You know, it's actually very interesting. It's just in terms of being a, 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 a you know an old epic. It's interesting to see how those went. But anyway. There's yeah. a there's a scene in there where the the people are worshiping false idols and and like golden lambs and stuff like that instead of worshiping God and and right. that's when that's when Moses goes on you know the mountain or whatever and gets the Ten Commandments and comes down and says hey people this is what you should be doing right so it's a very similar story basically the workers I'm sorry basically the people are, are worshiping false gods and so Josiah wants to rebuild the you know Jewish temple I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why the workers need the gold to do this. I don't know if the workers are going to build a temple out of gold. I'm not sure what that I guess meant. the idea is you have to pay them to I, I, I guess. I mean, kings don't usually, I mean, that's not usually how, de- you know, despotism works, but. Well, uh, what, what do they, what do they do for, I mean, how do the people live if they don't, if they're not paid? Well, they're stuff? paid, but I don't think you pay them in like, go- like you don't just give the workers gold. I mean, maybe he's paraphrasing. So I'll, I'll run past that one. Maybe he's just, okay. but he's basically saying the workers need something, some sort of you know resource to build. So whatever. Yeah, I mean I can't imagine they'd build the temple out of gold. That'd be crazy. Yeah. So anyway, um, instead of the gold, they found the book. They found the Old Testament. So, but I, but I, what I don't understand is okay. The secretary leaves, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's supposed to go get gold. So, like, what happens between him? Like, what he, is he just walking? And, oh, look, there's a book. And then he looks at it. And he's like, oh, we don't need gold. Like, is that what happened? No, like, basically, I, basically, you know, the secretary goes into the treasury, which would be some sort of, you know, hopefully guarded place, you know, mm-hmm. with, with guards and, you know, maybe some sort of, you know, doors or I don't know. And yeah. and he goes in and he looks and instead of piles and piles of gold he sees one book, and basically obviously that's a very strange thing to to, to happen because how would all this gold go missing? Uh, and basically the gold they, went the gold went missing. Yeah, the gold was not there. Where is that in the story? He says, but when the secretary returned, he had no gold, and and when Josiah asked him why this was, he replied, "We found a book." Okay. Well, yeah, but that isn't. I mean, he didn't come back with any gold. But that does that mean all the gold disappeared? Oh, uh, I guess that doesn't make that. I just thought it meant the gold disappeared. Uh, I guess. Like, I, I guess. I, feel, I guess uh, that didn't happen. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. I I I sort of assumed the gold disappeared. 
I'm trying okay. to make the story more fantastical. Okay? I, I, your your version made more sense to me. Like I can I can grasp it. I just didn't. I couldn't get it out of the words. Okay. You know? I guess I guess what he's saying is I, the gold may or may not have been there. I guess that's not the point. The point is they found a book in the in where the gold was in the treasury. It was in the treasury. Yeah. You're su- you assume it was in the treasury. Well, that's okay. what he said. He didn't say he found it oh, in the treasury. Oh, damn! I hate this story. Yeah, I, I like know. This is like this is like one of those like those like uh, reading comprehension tests. And, you know, you read the story, then they ask you questions, and I'm failing all of it because I'm 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 piecing together connections that he didn't explicitly say. See, you're 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 making it make more sense, but like the reason why I don't understand it is he's just he's not giving enough details to sort yeah. of understand like. What happened? Okay, so basically the secretary left to get gold. Yeah. But he didn't, he either didn't go to the treasury, he didn't get to the treasury and because along the way he found the book, or he got to the treasury and found a book in the treasury, or ran into somebody who said we found a book. Nevertheless, he did not come back with gold. Or he, he back... went to the treasury, got the gold, then left, then found a book and said, oh, I don't need the gold. Then he put the gold back, and then he came back with the book. Yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> Throw that one in there, too. <laughs> uh, anyway, they found the book. Um, I think, well, see, to me, I think the book needs to be of importance. I think, it, I think, I think in order for it to be, an, you know, for it to be interesting that they found this book, it needs to either be in the treasury where there wouldn't be a book, or it needs to be, you know, replace the gold. Or, I think there's some fantastical stuff missing here for them to really care about this book. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Why, why, when he found the book, did he assume now? Oh, I don't need the gold anymore. Okay. Oh, this is why I think they found the book in the treasury is because he told them the he told the secretary to go to the treasury, right? Right. Okay. When the secretary came back, he said, um, Echo says what the secretary had found was an ancient book. So I figured that means he found it in the treasury. Okay. I feel like that's what that means. Like, he went to the treasury, and and he found, that's where he found the book. Anyway, right. anyway, it's. I, of, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I I don't get that out of what he's saying, but okay, I'll I'll buy it. Well, because he says what the secretary had found was an ancient book, and it's like, well, where was he looking? Well, he was looking in the treasury, so I figured that's where he found the book. Uh, okay, okay. You know. Um, he says, uh, okay, so instead of rebuilding, he didn't. And when he says he rebuilt the temple, not with the gold, but with the book, is I think he means, you know, metaphorically, is that he sort of united the people under, you know, under their original religion with with the, that that important book of law. And so it didn't take the gold to rebuild the temple. It took, the, you know, the sort of um, it was sort of a uh, the people ideologi- didn't need a sort of Sorry. ideological rebuild. You know, it's like, hey, you know, you know, instead of like. Instead of, I guess, sort of like, you know, if you build it, they will come type thing, he he basically gave them something more important or more captivating, which was the Book of Law, you know, and that sort of united them, you know, and, and you know, and then they got rebuilt from that, um, I guess. So they, so they didn't, before the book, they wanted compensation, but after the book... They'll just build it for free. I that? think I think the followers of the religion rebuilt the temple, not necessarily the workers. 
if if that makes any sense. Okay. Like they were they were so united. Um. You know. Okay. All right. Um. So I want to know how the arrow hatch was much like this. <laughs> well. <laughs> Because, um... And when he says much like this, what does he mean? Much like the treasury? Much like the temple? Much I think like he mean, what? I think, it, I think he... I think he... Well, he's, the last thing he says is temple, and then he said much like this. So you, you would assume he means as much like the temple. But okay. I think he means the treasury in that he, he went into the treasury... I mean, he went into the arrow hatch and, and found a book. Just like, And that's the other thing that makes me think they found the book in the treasury, is that they found the, they found the Bible in the arrow hatch. So yeah. I think they found the, 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 the book of law, which I guess was the Torah, as uh, my, yeah. Wiki, my Wikipedia entry says. Right. And, uh, so that's what that was about. Yeah, my understanding is that... Uh... The Old Testament and the Torah are essentially the same thing, so yeah. that, that makes sense. Um, okay, so so the analogy is the. Oh, uh, can I? I'm sorry. Real quick, I'm just I'm on Wikipedia. Apparently, Helkia, okay. uh, I guess, was the. Um, he looks like he's a high priest, and uh, uh, and the, the, I'm just I haven't read the whole thing, but it says when Helkia was clearing the treasury room of the temple, he is said to have found a scroll described as the book, the book of the Torah, uh, and so so apparently according to history or whatever, he found it in the temple. Oh okay. wait, he found it in the treasury room. In the of treasury the of the right. yeah, he found it in the treasury room. So yeah, that's yeah cool. okay, good. So you you got it. Yeah. That's good. So, um, uh, so the arrow hatch is like the treasury. <laughs> yes. All right, fine. I, I guess I'll buy that. I mean, a treasury is sort of a storage place, so, except you, I guess you generally keep money there, but, uh, but, uh, it is a storage facility, so, you know, okay, fine. Uh, I guess it's like it in that they found something unexpected that would lead to greater understanding about something. Yeah. 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 It's really weird. Does he actually think that this film is as valuable? <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. It really doesn't lead to anything. I really think, like... If I if I was the if I who wrote this episode? This is um this is Stephen Maida and Craig Wright. I love this story. I love how it plays out. I love how it ties to what's going on. It it doesn't do it very well, but when you're watching it, you're captivated and I think I think that's all it is. It's just a story. It doesn't make a lot of sense cuz I don't think you're supposed to really nitpick it. Uh yeah. and it basically is surmising a lot. With the with the story of the finding of the Torah, uh, yeah. Which, from what I just looked at Wikipedia, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's the problem. It's doing a lot of summarization, and uh, it's trying that's to really try to get what's going I, on. Sorry. No, I'm done. I that's really odd. Like I never. So according to, according to you know these this story the old testament just sort of or the torah just sort of appeared like 
no one no one knew where it came from it didn't it wasn't like you know dictated to somebody or whatever and it just it just appeared one day yeah i think other i think other um other what do you call it chapters and other things were were divinely inspired i mean i'm not a bible expert obviously um but i do play one on tv no (laughs) um so i think other things were but apparently according to this um they said what they found what many scholars believe it was either a copy of the book of deuteronomy or a text that became deuteronomy so it wasn't like the whole thing i guess it wasn't like the whole old testament did i say that right whole old testament um it was it was you know one one small piece of it okay okay well all right that that makes more sense it's very interesting Uh, it's very interesting you know and i think the other big reason for this story is that it ties together you know religion with echo yeah of course of of course course. so i think that's the big thing yeah with him everything's about that somehow um, I got a couple other little things, if we can move on. Please. Um, I love when the marshal is explaining to, uh, explaining, you know, Kate's like, you don't know me or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, white trash mom, you know, blah, 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 daddy drinks, blah, blah, blah. And I love the story, part of the story when he goes, you know, white trash mom marries a, marries a drunk because, well, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> it's a very... <laughs> Very shady logic there. Like he's he was doing really well, you know. He was telling, you know, saying what what happened and why. And then he goes, "Yeah, why trash mom marries a drunk?" Well, because you know that's what happens. <laughs> it's just like, all right, buddy, you're just fishing there. Uh, anyway, I just pointed that out. That was funny. Um, no, I I actually like that because it, it it almost makes sense to me. Yeah, I know it does. That's the thing. It, that is what happens, but it's just yeah. I, but it's, he doesn't it's, give a real reason. He, you know, it's like you know, white trash mom marries a drunk because you know, well, she has low self esteem, and he, you know, he he's around, so she'll yeah. take that she'll take that over nothing. You know, he didn't say that. He's like, just right. that's what happens. Well, it's just it's sort of unreasonable. So it's I don't know. It's like that's what people do. That's how. It, I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I like that line. Yeah, it stood I, uh, out. It stood out. I, I like the. Uh, I, I like the marshal in general. I, I forget about him from time to time, and uh, yeah, it's nice when he shows up because he's he's his own character. I don't know. He's really. Uh, I guess he's supposed to be really mean, or we're supposed to hate him, or something. But I I don't know. I just I, I like his. I don't. You know, it's he's a guy doing his job. I don't really dislike him. I mean, he's sort of he's sort of abrasive. You know, uh, but I don't, yeah, I don't dislike him. He's interesting. He at least gives a little conflict. Yeah. Unlike some people. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he, I guess he kind of prods her a bit, but, uh, yeah, it's just weird. It's weird for it, the people who were on the island. I mean, you kind of forget about, I forget that he was even there at one point. You know, the pilot and all these other people just sort of yeah. died really early on. Doesn't even seem like they were ever characters on the island. They weren't. 
They weren't. <laughs> um, you like all that? Right. So, uh, anything else? Yeah, what I got a couple got? of little, little things. Come uh, on. As I think face. I mentioned in the last podcast, you know, the, this, uh, this job I'm currently doing, I, I work with the Army in a certain respect. And oh, so, boy. I've got a little bit of inside knowledge on how the Army works and a little bit of rank <sighs> structure. And I just want to point out a little inconsistency. It's pretty minor. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, Kate walks in and, and talks to her dad, which is not her real dad, because Wayne is her real dad, as we find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're in what appears to be a recruiting office, okay? So let me point out the, different, the many different things that's wrong with this. First of all, Army recruiters, when they're going to work on a normal day, they wear their normal, uh, uh, what they're called, uh, what's it called? Uh, it's, it's a regular, basically... If you picture a regular army uniform, that's what they wear. Like what you would sort of wear in battle is their combat uniform they wear. What these guys were wearing were like dress uniforms. And I just can't imagine them wearing that to work every day. It doesn't make any sense. It's not realistic. The other thing mm. to point out is that um, Kate's dad was a sergeant major, which is pretty much the second highest rank you can have as an enlisted uh, soldier in the army. Why he's working the front desk at a recruiting station is beyond me. He definitely would not be. First of all, he'd have an office in the back somewhere. Second of all, he wouldn't be working at a recruiting station. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to point those little things out because I they caught my attention because it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, he that's actually a very very high rank. Um, so he would he would be doing something a little more I think interesting a little more. Uh, maybe he was just hanging out for the day, temping. I don't know. But um, anyway, that's just what I want to point out about that. Um, There's Saeed in the background. In Saeed's in the background. If you look, I think you can only really catch him at the, the very last shot of the scene before before Kate heads out the door. They pan behind the dad, and you can see Saeed on TV. Yeah, um, that was a nice little thing there. It was. Um, so I guess we should talk a little bit about, you know, the the thing about the dad when when Kate asked her I guess her fad ha <laughs> yes I guess he's a fad or a fatty or um or a yeah. fa- or a father <laughs> ooh that, that doesn't, one doesn't work, work. Uh, wow you know I just spotted a big flaw in our falsifying uh, maybe it should method. be it should it be fa father <laughs> or or maybe two f's become a something else uh, I don't know though. Wow, God, that just uh, nothing. Nothing that starts with F can be fake. That's uh, so. If there was a fake floor, it's still a floor. Yeah, we'll never know. Hey, that's a floor. Yeah, it sure is. But if you if you wrote it out, you could put an F in front, like F dash floor. Mm. But then you should say for floor. For floor. Yeah, and that's that just, just silly. Sounds, yeah. Let's hope they'll never have anything fake with an F. <laughs> we won't have to deal uh, with it. Yeah. So anyway, no fake Franks or. Uh, so anyway, when when her fad was talking, she said, you know, so why didn't you kill Wayne? And he says, because I don't have murder in my heart. Oh God. Um, I thought he was gonna say, because I'm not a bad person. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much the same thing. Right. So that I guess we should assume that he basically wanted her to kill the guy. Like, or at least he wanted the guy dead. Because, right? 
Uh, I oh, guess. because because he says the he says I didn't tell you that he was your dad because I knew you'd kill him, and your mother loved them, and I wanted to take you, and she wouldn't let me. So he so he wanted the guy dead, and he I was like he was saying that he didn't tell that he didn't tell her because if he told her she would kill him. I thought that's what he meant, but you're saying. You're saying he's saying, I didn't tell you because I knew you'd kill him if I didn't tell you. Well, he says, now I'm confused on what I thought. He says, I didn't tell you because I knew you'd kill him. So if I told you, you would kill him. So That's I what I thought he meant. So I didn't tell you because I didn't want you to kill him. Right? Yeah, that's what I thought he meant. I thought he meant... Well, because she says, why didn't you kill him? That means he would, she would want him dead. That means he wanted him dead. Why, she wouldn't ask that question unless that's what she thought he meant. Right? If he was saying, I didn't tell you because I don't want the guy dead, then she wouldn't say, so why didn't you kill him? Because he basically just said, I didn't want the guy dead. So he might... Well, mean, I don't think she's saying... I don't think he's saying necessarily that he didn't want the guy dead, but that he didn't want her to kill him. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, well, that's that goes back to my point, right? So then she's saying, why didn't you kill him? You didn't want me to do it, but why didn't you do it? Yeah. So he wanted the guy dead. He just didn't want Kate to do it, and he wasn't going to do it because he didn't have murder in his heart. Right. Basically, right? Yeah. But he, but he wanted the guy dead. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, I mean, I guess... Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Right. Sorry. Took right? me a second. Okay. Um, anyway, I just thought it was interesting to point out that, you know, he's sort, of, he's sort of a bad person for wanting somebody dead, right? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have murder in his heart, but he's got it on his mind, so... Uh, yeah. Zing. Well, yeah. Does it make you bad just to want somebody dead? If you really want them dead, I think that's a step in that direction towards being bad. Even if the person you want dead is really bad? Wow, if like it's if, Wayne, I guess it doesn't matter. Like if, if it were Wayne like, is, or... it, is it bad to kill Hitler, I guess is the question. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Exactly. Well, do, it's do, an do obvious two, example. Do two wrongs make a right? Well, but I'm not even asking you to kill him. I'm just saying, what if you what if you just wanted Hitler to die? You didn't kill him. You just wanted well, him to die. Well, I guess it depends that... on it depends on where your moral base is coming from. Religiously, you know, thou shall not kill, which should relate to thou shall not want people dead. I guess. I mean, like I said, I think it's one of those things where as long as you don't kill him, you're okay. I think wanting somebody dead is just. It's I mean, almost I don't think it's bad. necessarily good, but it's almost but I, bad. I think it's almost bad. I don't think I don't think you're a bad person just for that alone. I feel like you need you need a few more points against you before you. Yeah, before no, you no, I'll agree. I agree. Dip into that category because yeah, Wayne is obviously a pretty bad person. So you know, I mean, what you know, killing him is one thing. I I definitely consider that you know wrong, but just. Just sort of wanting him dead, like it just seems sort of understandable. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, what I would like, since we're talking about this, is. Oh, uh, what was I gonna say? 
Oh. Oh, yeah. Is, is how do they know Kate did it? I mean, the mom, the mom turned her in, but how does the mom, I mean, obviously the mom knows, but wh- I just want to know what evidence is there that she did it. Well, according to the marshal, didn't he, I think he said something about that. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, uh, I don't um, Let's see. Uh, he just says a ghastly, come on, it's amateur hour from top to bottom. Oh, why'd you kill him now? Oh, right, yeah, don't tell me. You wouldn't want to incriminate yourself, not after you were so smart planning it. That jury back in Iowa sure ain't going to get hung up on premeditation. And a ghastly, come on, it's amateur hour from top to bottom. I guess he's saying, you know, she she uh, she wasn't very very good uh, at, uh, you know. But, I mean, I guess I guess he's I saying know. they have enough evidence to prove that she did it. I, but I mean, they have motive. They don't. I don't think they have any physical evidence. Um, I mean, they have the mom saying that. I guess she's the mom saying she confessed, but it's her word against Kate. Are you sure they don't have any evidence? I mean, where are you getting that from? Well, I mean, what evidence would they have? I mean, any sort of... I don't know. I mean, we didn't see what she did. Well, I'm saying any sort of fingerprints or anything like that is is gone in the explosion. Um, I mean... Okay, so what if I'm you blow up is, a place, saying, it's impossible for them to ever know you did it. What I mean, I'm I think is, there could be evidence. What I'm saying is, it's obviously somebody did it, but how they can pin it on Kate, I mean, I mean, obviously, if she doesn't have an alibi for where she was, you know, that's bad, um, but I'm just saying for physical evidence... You don't think don't, they could find something like... Like um, what? Like, I don't know what could survive in, in, a, in an ex-blast like that, that, that would link it, like, specifically back to her. You don't think she could have... You know, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how she did it exactly. I mean, no real biological evidence is, you know, no hair or, you know, anything is gonna, you know. And even if they found hair, she lived in the house. Um, so that's, you know, that would explain that. Um, I just don't know what they would use. I mean, basically, gas leak, you know, obviously, it, you know, they either have a gas heating system and or like a gas stove. So she just sort of like, you know, took the little thing off and let it fill up in the room, and she had some sort of a little charger or something to ignite a spark at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they would have to, like, find that thing. Yeah, maybe. they'd have to find the, the ignition thing, and, you know, and I, I mean, maybe she didn't wear gloves, but w- would there really be, like, fingerprints on, on something like that after an explosion? You know, I just. Not only that, like, her, the way she runs. You know, or tries to fight them when they come to get her. I mean, that doesn't help her case. True. Um, it does, that's the thing. I mean, I guess I don't... I mean, I've never really seen a you know a, a case like this in court or anything, but so I don't know how much evidence you really need, but I just, I'm just saying they don't really have a lot of evidence. So you're saying that, like, if you... I mean, I just can't buy that it's foolproof. I don't think it's foolproof. That, that, I mean, that you can just do this and get away with it. I, I don't buy that. I don't buy it either. I, I, think, I bet there's there some way. There doesn't seem like there's a lot of a physical... I'm just saying physical evidence that time... Now, obviously, like I said, she doesn't have an alibi, or at least she doesn't seem like she's got one that they can corroborate. 
Um, you know, the mom says she did it. But why can't Kate just say mom did it? Mom told me she did it. I got so scared. I tried to get the hell out of there. I was going to, you know, I was trying to run to Tallahassee because my mom freaked me out. She killed this guy. She could say that, but Kate's yeah. not going to do that. I know she's not going to. But I'm just saying, like, it's her word against the mom's. Like, so, I mean, so what are you going to really do against that? You know, the mom doesn't have it on tape that she confessed. Um, I just, I think there are ways of obtaining evidence in, in, in the case of a, of a building blowing up. I mean, it happens, you know? And I just don't, I don't think, there there was actually a, there was actually a, a doctor in New York who did this. And the only um, reason they knew who did it was where the explosion happened and the fact he sent an email to somebody saying pretty much that he was going to do it. So they had physical proof, you know. And they knew, like, I think his wife had just left him or something like that, too. So that was part of his motive. Uh, but, but what I'm saying is physical evidence. Physical evidence. I mean, when they... When uh, when when the Soprano on the Sopranos when they blew up Artie Bucco's restaurant, nobody the police never found out who did it. Okay, that, that okay. <laughs> that's the closest thing I have. Okay, it was I mean it's the same situation. The police never found out who did it. You know. So. All right, but well, let's just let's just go to our listeners. If there's any um, uh, forensics uh, experts or law enforcement personnel out there who have any yeah. insights onto how investigators can get physical evidence in, in the case of a, a explosion of a house like this, we'd really yeah. love to know. Email, email us at lostlowdown at gmail.com. Well, what would you look for uh, in that case? Because I just, I can't buy that there's no way that, that it's just, it's basically the perfect crime that as long as you, as long as you're not spotted there and you don't have an obvious motive, you, you're just going to get away I'll with totally it. I'll totally buy that. I would totally buy that if you cross your T's and dot your I's, you know, you're not spotted, you know, you're wearing gloves, you don't leave any sort of, you know, biological traces behind. Um, I mean, how else would they, how else would they tie it to you? You know, you get some sort of, I mean, if you build some sort of ignition thing or you buy some sort of black market thing to blow or whatever you, however you want to rig it, how else? I mean, people, you, you can bomb stuff all the time. I mean, you can go send a bomb somewhere and how are they going to tie it to you unless But they, they have catch physical, people who do this. If, so with there, physical, there, there well, are ways. But that's with physical proof, with physical evidence. You know what I mean? They have fingerprints. They have whatever, DNA, you know. But yeah. they don't. I mean, couldn't she have left evidence like in front of the house? You know, like. like but she places... lived. She lived at the house. I mean, any you know, any sort of physical evidence from her per- from her being there can be explained by the fact she lived there. Did she live there? I, think I she... don't think she did. Actually, live I there. think she had been gone for a while. Yeah, she had been gone for a while. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. We've been harping on that for a while. Yeah. 23rd Psalm. It's, it's just, it's, for me, it's just like that island thing. Like, you know, if someone heard the message, would they respond? Or the thing where if you kill somebody on a deserted island, are you held responsible for? It's one of those things where I just don't want to believe that well, this is something you can just get away with. Yeah. No matter, you know what I well, mean? The killing it just, somebody it bothers the, me. The killing somebody on an island thing is just a clear-cut law issue. It's it's all about, you know, the confusion was where what does the law say about it, basically? Who owns it? Who has the right to, to, to charge the person? 
you know, is it that person's home country? Is it whatever country's closest to that island? I mean, I think all islands are, are claimed at this point, but if there was an island that wasn't claimed, it would probably be in some country's waters, so they would sort of have de facto ownership of it, you know, even if they never found it. So, um, I mean, that's a clear-cut issue. This is, I mean, there are perfect crimes out there. I mean, haven't you seen movies? I just, yeah, I, I, I like to believe that there aren't perfect crimes, and that there's always a way to to catch someone. I mean, remember when and that there's and that there's something we're not thinking of, some sort of some sort of way of getting evidence from a scene that's been blown up. But you know, uh, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe I'm just yeah. I mean, remember remember much. years ago when they were when we, people were sending all that anthrax through the mail and stuff like that. I mean, they were never they were never catching those people. You know, they never caught those people who were doing that. You know, and that's a crime. Anyway. Okay. Mr. Echo is infuriated to learn about the Virgin Mary statues and a flashback explained to why. Okay. The 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm. Yeah, I said that a long time ago. Oh, sorry. No problem. I should have said it again. <laughs> I just thought you didn't say it, so I wanted to throw it in there. He demands that Charlie lead him to the rest of the statues. Locke secures the weapons in the armory, but Michael wants to be taught how to shoot. Charlie makes a desperate appeal to Claire. That was a very short summary of what happened. A yeah, it was very uh, to the point. Very direct. Yeah, very to the point. A flashback explains why. This. Yeah, it was. It was very, very noun verb reason. <laughs> oh, it's it's a law synopsis for first graders. Okay. Um. Uh, obviously, this is uh, Echo's BS. We learn a lot of very interesting things about this man of faith. Um, I'd like to mention that his flashback starts out the same as um, Saeed's flashback, where it starts in their native language um, for the first couple seconds, minute, or whatever, and then it quickly switches to English. Even though, according to Wikipedia, English is the official language of Nigeria, so I really don't know what they're speaking. But, uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe the insurgent rebels speak something else. Yeah, there might be local dialects or something, but uh, they do speak, they do at least speak English in Nigeria, at least some people do, so it's not completely ridiculous. Yeah. That they're speaking English, so. Yes, it's a little, I mean, it's a little different than the Saeed one when they weren't supposed to be speaking English, I guess. But yeah. it's the same concept where they start us out in, in like a native language, and then we we switch to English so that we can follow along easy. Right, right. Um, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's true. So I my notes are all over the place. Can I ask how Locke knows how to renumber a safe? Oh, oh God! How does yeah. he know? I mean, I didn't even know you could do that. How does he know how to take apart a combination lock? And and redo the the code to open it. I just don't I just don't get that. And at this point, when he's seemingly off of the path, I don't yeah. buy that the island is telling him how. Yeah, I know. We can't we can't fall back on that catch all anymore. No. Uh, maybe the island told him about it before he <laughs> got off the path. Oh, jeez. It's just a good thing, like. Like maybe it just taught him everything he needed, you know. It's like the quick. matrix. It's like the matrix. He just got to download whatever scenarios yeah. he needed and use whenever. 
God. And so, yeah, so he still has it, even though he's on the wrong path now. No. You're right, that's, uh, you know, I thought it was really easy, like, I thought it was, you know, I thought changing the combination was a matter of just, like, like, you push the middle of the <laughs> thing, and then you... <laughs> Oh, but <laughs> but then, then what would the what would stop someone who's trying to break into the safe? Oh wait! Oh, that's so not foolproof, is it? Yeah, it's, you could just actually change foolish. it to whatever whatever number you want when you want to get in there. <laughs> oh, that's really bad. I'm sorry, it didn't even occur to me. How bad that <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you shouldn't have a thing that's that easy to reset. Yeah, but you know, it still sucks because all you do is take off that front part. Right? That's the so thing. Like, I don't understand how. I mean, it seems like you would. I, I thought he was renumbering from the back, but so many shots you see, he just took off the front part. But I guess yeah, I, I guess the problem is that you would take. I mean, if, if a bad guy or somebody you know was trying to get in there, and they decide to take off the front part, you still need to know what to do to renumber it. I mean, they had that close up when he was doing it, and I couldn't tell. I mean, obviously he was moving some dials, but. I think you still need to sort of know what you're doing, and you know. But anyway, it did seem. But if like someone else like knew, if someone else knew, that, then they could like just... like say if Jack changed it, like Locke should be able to get in there. Yeah, but it would. It looks like it would take some time, but he could get in there. He could definitely yeah. get in there. It, it to me, I don't know how realistic that is. If there's anyone out there who works for a lock company. <laughs> <laughs> We need all kinds of people. We need all kinds of help because I I don't want to buy that it's that easy to just – I've never seen anybody ever do that, change the the lock like that. Never seen that. You know, that one doesn't bother me as much as the other thing, but uh, I I don't buy it either. What other thing? ridiculous. The the thing with blowing up and finding evidence. Oh, uh, (laughs) yeah. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, but but, uh, but I agree that, like, if – if you can do that with, it just seems like what's the point of even having the, you know, it should it should just stick to the combination that it has. Yeah. If you can just change it, it, it doesn't seem like it's a very good uh, lock system. Now, how did he know the original? I, I guess he never knew the original combination, right? Or did De- oh my god, I didn't even think of that. Maybe Desmond told. I think Desmond like showed him the armory, so maybe he. Okay. Told okay. Yeah, I, I I guess. And I and and can I ask why? Why am I asking permission? But can I ask why? Um, yes, you may. <laughs> mother, may I? Can I ask why Locke gets to be in charge of the armory and who gets access and who doesn't and who knows the code and who doesn't? Like it's it's my hatch, it's my armory. Oh. He's such a big baby. Locke, he doesn't talk like. Oh wait, yeah, he does. Yeah, he like it's it's so weird that you know because he when he changed it he was like oh well with people down here you know we don't need everyone knowing the combination and like I mean it's a very <laughs> good precaution but it's like who are you to decide you know that you're just in charge of it just because what you had a bad childhood somebody stole your kidney yeah yeah he's just he's just appointed himself the. Uh... The armory guard. Yeah. And that it's his his responsibility to protect everyone else from themselves using guns. Oh, can I bring up one thing that's old that I forgot to mention in the last podcast right. about the beginning of season two? When Jack yeah. is when, when the button is about to go down, Desmond has already left the hatch. Mm-hmm. The button's about to, you know, expire and like right. ja- and, and, and Jack's like, Hey Lock, you better push a button. 
And Jack's like, and Locke's like, you do it, Jack. And Jack's like, no, I'm not going to do it. It's not real. I'm not going to do it. And then he does it. I just thought that was really crappy. I really wish Jack would have stuck to his guns on that one and made Locke push it. Like, I thought that was a very good stance for him to take. It was like, hey, Locke, you know, you want this button. You want to get down here. You know, you want you want to be all, you know, mystical and in, into this fate thing. Everything happens for a reason. You go push your goddamn button. I'm not going to do it. But he yeah. does it, and then, then like, by that act of silent contrition, <laughs> if I can quote, use that phrase, uh, not really silent, but that act of contrition, it allowed everything that happens in terms of the hatch that happened, basically. You know what I mean? Like, with, with them setting up the, uh, the schedule, the rotation of who presses the button, and right. basically just allowing the button to be pressed. You know, Jack basically, as the de facto leader, by pressing that button... He basically said it's okay for everyone to press the button. Yeah, which did. is weird considering he doesn't believe it, it. It does anything. Yeah, you know. Anyway, just wanted to bring that old topic up because it just dawned on me. Um, remember that scene when uh, Echo was having a little drug deal with the I don't know what those people were supposed to be, uh, but he was having the drug deal with the people who wanted to get the cocaine out of out of Nigeria. Heroin, yeah. Uh, oh, heroin, sorry. Uh, and there's that little boy who he lets live. Right. Yeah, that's Henry. What? <laughs> I just thought I'd say something crazy. Okay, uh, okay, okay. I, no, but I was thinking, I was thinking that, um, I mean, I don't think we will, but I, I thought it'd be interesting if we saw that boy again or something, if he's on the island or something or... Something crazy, you know, just because of the fact that he let him live, you know. Right. I could see him. I could see him coming back somehow. According to the transcript, those were Moroccans. Oh, Moroccans. Well, yeah. so uh, do it that way, you will. But um, I wanted to say about that scene. Um, I, did he kill them because he said, like, you know, because he said that thing about you have no soul? Like, is yeah. that why he killed him, or was he going to so. do it anyway? I think it was that. I think it was the soul line. Okay. Because I got the sense that that set him off, but then I'm like, was he just going to do that? No matter what? And, like, the fact that he killed them, he still got the heroin. Yeah, um, I think it's, you know, it's what he said. Like, I mean, basically... I want to think that because of the way the scene plays out, you know, Echo is in is in he's in the dominant position pretty much the whole time, and he's like, you know, I'll I'll do it for fifty, you know, you need a favor from me, you know, buddy, I know what you're trying to do here, and hey, it's going to be fifty or you can leave, you know, and then the Moroccan is like, it's true what they say about you, and Echo says, and what is that? And he goes, you have no soul, and I think the fact that not only did he say you have no soul, but the fact that, you know, people say that about him. Uh, I think it's why he did it. And sort of the show that he is merciless, like, I'm pissed off that I'm merciless, but I'm going to show that by being merciless. Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> How dare you imply that I have no soul? Now I'm going to prove it. Uh, and I think that's why he let the boy go. I mean, that's what he says. He goes, go tell your friends that I let you live. Mr. Echo let you live. So it's one of those things where I think he was. it was sort of like, a sign that he isn't as merciless as as he claims to be, but also sort of like, 
it's kind of scary to be the only one left alive after a killing like that, you know? And yeah. it, it's almost like a warning to other people, too. Exactly. So it's like, hey, go tell them I'm not that bad, but also tell them that, you know, I'm pretty evil. Right. And, I, you know, I left you alive so you could tell them that. Right. Oh, I guess I guess he got the heroin because it was there. Okay. Wow. I'm silly. Yeah, no, it was there. I was like, well, he killed him. Why did he still get the heroin? But yeah, it was it was just sitting there, so he just <laughs> took it, I guess, and he still had to deal with. Uh... The interesting that there's no market for heroin in Nigeria. I thought that was an interesting little thing. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's uh, it was interesting in the episode. Um, yeah, okay. I'm a little I'm a little interested how the Moroccans got it into Nigeria and why they got it into Nigeria. But oh well, I guess I'm not that interested. I don't really care. But um, you know, the fact that they took it to a place that had no market. Yeah, hmm. That's weird. I didn't think about that. Things hmm. that make you go hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Wow, I have no idea. Can I point out something funny? Whoops, we got some heroin. Yeah, I can't imagine how that would happen. Yes, please. At uh, 12 minutes, 19 seconds in the episode, 23rd Psalm, uh, okay. uh, this is when Claire is berating Charlie. Uh, one of the many times. Again. Uh, and and, and it's, it's, it's one of those things I find funny. Maybe people find it funny. But she spins around defiantly after she tells him off. And almost runs into the table that's behind her, and it's very—it's a very clumsy motion. But they—I guess—they just kept that anyway. But uh, it's funny to watch if you—if you—if you're—if you're looking for it, you can laugh because she, you know, she's just got off her high horse, you know, blah blah blah, Charlie, my 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 baby, and then she like spins around, you know. But there's this like table behind her, and she has to like jump to the right just to not fall over it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny to watch. Anyway, 12 minutes, okay. 19 seconds, if you want a little laugh at Claire. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a look. So let's talk about, we got uh, three big things to talk about, at least on my page. Uh, okay. Echo and Smokey. Yes, please. Echo and Smokey, that's, discuss. That's it, I just wanted to say that. We're done. All um, right. Next topic. So... Uh-huh. Echo, Firsty, Smokey, you know, he's he's making Charlie... You know, Charlie is really obnoxious, man. I think I think part of the reason he's so obnoxious right now is that he needs his heroin fix. Because he is just yapping like a little chihuahua the entire episode. Yeah, yeah, he is. But, um... So, he's making Charlie show him where the plane is, you know. Because presumably he's trying to find Yimmy, most of all. Trying to see if his mm-hmm. brother's body is there or what's left of the plane. Um, so, you know, I forget exactly what happens. I think, oh, oh, Charlie is, is saying, like, he's not going to go any further or something like that. And, and Echo sort of hears a noise and he spots Smokey sort of wisping through the jungle. And it catches his attention. Now, if you watch closely, I think it cuts to commercial after that. Then it comes back and there's another, there's another scene, somebody else. And it comes back to them. He's he's sort of in and deep in thought as they're as they're continue to walk towards the plane and Charlie's yapping yapping yapping, and then very soon he tells Charlie to get up in the tree to go see if he can get his bearings because Charlie's claims he's lost. Get up in the tree, maybe he can spot the plane, 
And I was trying to think why he would, you know, another reason why someone wants someone else to go in a tree. Um, but I was like, well, why does Echo want him to climb this tree? Is there any reason other than, you know, the fact that he wants Charlie to help to find this plane? And I think, if you notice, I mean, obviously it's pretty simple. Right after Charlie gets up to the tree, Smokey comes. Yeah. And I think... Uh, I don't know the specific reason why, but I think Echo may wanted Charlie to get up in the tree so that either either Smokey wouldn't see Charlie and try to attack him potentially, or or because he didn't want to be around Charlie, maybe because Charlie's bad and he had a sense that Smokey might be attracted to him since he's good or something. You know, I mm-hmm. mean nothing. I mean obviously those words don't probably go in his head, but you know maybe. Uh, subconsciously he's thinking that, you know, that maybe if Charlie's not around, I can get another, you know, maybe this thing will come closer to me or something like that. Because that's what happens. Charlie sort of gets out of the picture and here comes Smokey. Um, So I just want to bring that up, that that might be be the reason why Smokey has that encounter with Echo is that because Charlie wasn't around. Oh, okay. I mean, he was up in the tree, you know. And, yeah. and possibly because Echo might have thought that, you know, you know, if Charlie would have run, if Smokey came close, that Smokey might have chased him or something, too. So. Right. Anyway, um, obviously we talked a lot about that before when we saw this episode, I guess off podcast. But as many people uh, probably know, when Smokey encounters Echo, or vice versa, or both, um, when the camera passes through Smokey, as it's staring down Echo, uh, we see flashes of Echo's past in the black smoke. So p- presumably, Smokey is reading Echo's mind. Maybe, right. maybe scanning him to see if he's a good person. Uh, yeah. I guess that's the that's the pretty much the default answer there. Is that's what it was doing. Um. Or maybe gathering information so that, you know, it could use it later when it, you know, uh, when, you know, the island makes Echo dream about Yemi and all that stuff and during right. question mark. So what did you think about all that stuff? I'm, I've been talking for a while. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I did want to mention that I, I, I watched the commentary track for this episode on the DVD and uh, they were talking about this scene, and they they mentioned that they were talking uh, they were talking about the guy who sort of was in charge of uh, doing the 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 effect yeah. of the smoke monster. And they they said, you know, this is the first time we get a real good look at it. Mm-hmm. And and they said that they 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 went to this guy, and they and they told him everything about the smoke monster, you know. What it is, what it does, why it's there. Oh wow! Everything. What did you say? I said, "Oh wow!" Yeah. So, so this guy, you know, knew everything about it, and using that information, he pre- presented, you know, what's in the episode. So, you know, based on hearing that, I think that if you want to understand the smoke monster, that this is. A really good episode to sort of do that because the person who created this effect knew everything about the smoke monster there is to know. Okay, so I think it's very relevant that these that these flashes appear in it. Definitely, mm-hmm. I think 
I think possibly it's relevant that Echo wasn't afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's I feel like somehow it, it if you're afraid of it, it attacks you. Um and so I don't know, I thought that was interesting. Um the other the other thing they mentioned is that some of the images that you see is stuff that we haven't seen yet, and they sort of hinted that it's stuff that will come up in flashbacks in the future. Okay. So, um so there there's sort of more to come. Like some of those images won't make sense to you. Even after this episode and the next one, you won't have seen, you know, those things. So, um, but as far as a theory, I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I, it, I get this. I mean, obviously, it's, it's reading him somehow. It's getting this information from him. I mean, it's, it's got specific things from his life. So. Mm-hmm. so I guess it has this ability to sort of see inside you and, and see your, your memories and uh, what is it doing with those and, and how does it decide, you know, what it's going to do based on that, those readings, I don't really know. But uh, I guess, like you said, the obvious answer is that it is that it's sort of deciding if you're good or not. And uh, I, I guess it, it deems Echo worthy. Uh, but I feel like the fear comes into play somehow also. Um, yeah. Although if you're really bad and not afraid, is that good enough? I don't know. I... Uh, go ahead. I was I'm, just going to say... I felt like it wasn't necessarily that Echo wasn't afraid of it so much as, uh, if I can say a very similar thing, is that he didn't have anything to be afraid of. Like, he he maybe got a sense that this thing wasn't going to hurt him, so he just stood his ground on that, you know? Um, I'm, I'm trying... Does that make any sense? Sort of. Like, I'm trying to say that that yeah that if you were a bad person if you were you know maybe kate and you just for whatever reason weren't afraid of it that that that's not good enough that it's like he echo sort of felt like he didn't have anything to be scared of from this encounter so that's why he wasn't scared if, if i think that's saying something different than than the other thing I just stated that he wasn't afraid of it. You're saying he was not afraid of it for this reason. Yeah. So, you know, so I don't think it's, I mean, it is saying something different. It's sort of adding, it's giving it, it's giving a reason. Well, I mean, I mean, I feel like it, the, the difference is that he wasn't like, he wasn't not afraid of it because of what it looked like or anything like that, you know, because I, you know, and the fact it was blowing up trees is just that internally, he wasn't scared because he didn't feel like he, he, maybe he felt like it, maybe, I don't know, I felt like he also had, like, when he first saw it, like, he got, he got some sort of sense of what it was about, and that's why he sort of set up Charlie going in the tree to get a little bit more of that, so maybe he, when he, when he got the sense of it the first time he saw it, he sort of maybe had some connection to it, and he sort of knew what it was about or whatever, I don't really know, I'm just rambling, I guess. Um, you know, whatever, I don't remember. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about running out of steam. Uh, yeah, no, I know, I, I kind of felt the same way. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I hope we see it again. If, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think, do we see it again this season? I don't know. I mean, besides, you know, 
Oh, you know what? Greg Nation said it was after this episode. I guess he's saying, because we obviously see the smoke monster in this episode. <laughs> and so, I guess after this, we don't see it in its smoke form. If I'm remembering correctly, uh, I'm up to lockdown right now, and I haven't seen it yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, is it Dave? I mean, what else could it be? Yeah, I mean, it's it's according to him, it's something after this. Uh, I guess it could be Dave. Maybe uh, Russo. Oh God! When Ru- Russo finds Henry, maybe that's why she didn't care because it was smoky. Because it was smoky. Well, what if Henry's smoky? Oh God! If Henry's I- smoky, <laughs> uh, there's I'm changing the channel. <laughs> Oh, he should have flown out of the thing, I, I guess. Well, well, your favorite theory is Vincent, right? So yeah, but that, Vincent. yeah, but that, yeah, but that's that's season one, though. Are they? Well, he's in season two. Apparently. I know, but are they saying that Smokey becoming being something else started after this episode? They're not saying it started. They're just saying it happens, it occurs. Okay. Yeah, they didn't necessarily say this is the first time. Okay, but then yeah, I'm still sticking to my my Vincent is most most times, if not all the time, Smokey. <laughs> I I can't wait to find out. Um, although, like I said, I mean, they cut out him being on the plane. I mean, tra- I mean, boat in the in the finale of season two. Uh, so, I mean, if they were going to have him on the boat, the idea that he's smoky is sort of ridiculous. Yeah. So, to me, that, that almost does it in. Even though they took that out, just the fact that they even considered it. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, the, the fact that they took it out, maybe somebody was like, hey, wait, we can't do this. Remember, he's smoky. <laughs> so I they, mean, how could they forget that? I mean, that's obviously Damon and Carlton writing that episode. Like, they're... I can't imagine him forgetting. Oh yeah, Smokey is well, Vincent. He forgets to put his pants on sometimes. So. All right, you got a point there. Um, so I wanted to talk about Mike in this computer situation because I I came up with a with a with a fairly interesting theory. I think. Oh, I can't. About wait. what was going on there. Okay, so just to remind everybody, uh, in the last episode, I believe Mike uh, had duty watch pressing the button, and it was the last episode, right? Catch duty watch. Yeah. And uh, he gets a message, presumably from Walt. Right. This is right after we, we see the footage, the the, the, the spliced um, edit from the orientation film that says, don't use it for communication. Right. You may be tem- – it says, I think you may be – it says, like, you might be tempted to use it for communication. Yeah. Which I means- think it's interesting also that it says communication with the outside world. Um, I guess that includes other places on the island, but it makes it seem like he means communication with places off the island. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it could be both or neither. Or either. All three. I guess not neither. I think you covered everything with that. Yeah, I guess not neither, though. Um, so, I forgot. Yeah, it would be weird if it was neither. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you would communicate with if it's not on the island and it's not off the island. Can I just say that he has a farm? In the video, Who the, farm? the uh, Marvin Candle. Oh, what does that mean? He's got a farm. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. A fake, okay. a fake arm. Shouldn't it be a a, fir- a firm? Oh, you're right. I, I made it too too normal. 
It's a like, oh god! It's a F R M. You have to take out the vowel because it's yeah. the only vowel. And it's I a, I think I think when it starts with a vowel, when it's a word like that, you got it's like pig lad. You gotta leave the vowel there. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, farm that'll work. Yeah, I don't think he had a farm in the pearl thing either. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, and it's weird because the pearl thing we need to we'll talk about that. Well, later. yeah, please. So anyway, uh, in this episode, Mike gets back in the computer, um, and he's presumably talking to Walt. Now, quick, just answer this quickly. Do you think he's talking to Walt? I'm going to say yes. Okay, let me tell you why you're wrong. Okay. Um, Okay, so basically now let me before you do that. Let me just say I just said that I I I am easily swayed either way. Okay. I'm 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 probably like fifty five percent yes, forty five percent no. Let me tell you what I think is going on here. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh. Oh wait, I'm trying to find my part of my evidence here. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So. One of the big reasons I think he's not talking to Walt is because some of the language that the monitor, that that was that the person talking to Michael was using, I don't think a kid would use specifically Walt. Okay. So the first thing he says is "Dad," and then Michael types, "Are you okay?" And the mm-hmm. and the, the next thing they they say is "Yes." Are you alone? Mm-hmm. I have no idea why Walt would say "Are you alone?" Why would Walt ask if he's alone? To me. I can't come up with any plausible reason why he would say that. So that's check off number one that it's not Walt. Yeah, you know, I thought of the same thing. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna flip to no now. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll continue with my uh, with my argument here. Uh, Michael types yes, and then monitor says can't talk for long. They're coming back soon. To me, that's 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 classic like pretending to be somebody else. You know. Oh yeah. Oh god. Uh, and then Michael says, where are you? And then the monitor says, you need to come. And then it changes quickly. You don't finish what it, 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 you don't see what it says because the rest of what it says is because the shot changes because Jack suddenly enters. Yeah. Now, here's the next part. Michael, we do see the rest, though, in three minutes. We get to see what he says. Yeah. Well, basically, it says, you need to come get me. And then he tells them what to look for. and Where to go. And yeah, yeah exactly. Which... Is I, I guess is the other thing that's on my list. Of, I don't think Walt would know all that information, especially yeah. now that we know they led Michael to the to the FAMP. Right. Uh, so why? Yeah, there's no way it was Walt. What am I? Th- I just went from fifty-five, <laughs> now, forty-five to ninety-nine. Now the, now Michael did get to see Walt at the FAMP, but I don't think Walt was staying at the FAMP the whole time. No way, no. no Walt way. was staying at the other's home. I don't think he was staying at that FAMP. Exactly. So no why Walt would lead him to a place that I don't think he ever saw before they brought him to see Michael when he got there. Yeah. Okay? That's Unless the other it's remote thing. viewing. No, yeah, well. I know. Now, here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the other part. Jack is talking to Michael, and it's very tense because Michael doesn't want Jack to see what's on the screen. And right. When Jack comes over to look at the screen, nothing's on there. Yeah. Now, how did that happen? I don't know. Michael, it's like a can, riddle. We can safely assume that Michael didn't didn't do anything because he never pressed the he never touched the keyboard when right. after Jack came in. 
I think the person who um, who he was talking to, most likely Henry, maybe, but whoever he was talking to mm-hmm. had the ability to cut to to erase what was on the screen. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. how did the person know when to do it? Would be your next question. Right. I think that who's ever talking to Michael is in the pearl hat. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. And they're they're using the cameras in the pearl hatch to to look at the computer station in the swan hatch, and they're using mm-hmm. that computer that's in the pearl hatch to talk to Michael. Okay. When, yeah. When, when it all the, makes sense. When the person asked, "Are you alone?" They knew he was alone because they have a camera on him. Right. This also this camera thing being in the pearl also explains why um why the 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 first message to to Michael came on right when Michael was in there and when the second message this time comes on Michael sits down starts typing nothing happens and then mm-hmm. he gets the first message it's because they can see when he's in there right um because that that's a big i mean even if it was Walt how would Walt know when to talk to Michael you know remote viewing <laughs> if you say that one more time <laughs> Um, God, now you're saying it all the time. I used to be the one. Uh, anyway, I think that theory is pretty damn solid uh, because you you gotta you gotta ha- you have to explain how whoever is talking to Michael knows when he's there because it it only pops up right when Michael's ready to talk to him. Right. Um, now, I could buy that like the the other's home is can can tap into the, to yes. the cameras and so maybe they're no. doing it from there but uh <laughs> i agree with you before I, before you finish your sentence so so i don't think it has to be at the pearl but um but i think they definitely have to be watching i don't think the others can tap into the video feed because of the nature of that video if it was like a digital feed maybe I don't think that the that the the camera the 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 wires that re- connect the monitors to the cameras, I don't think those go to where the others are staying, and I don't think there's any way for them to patch into it. Um, what I was agreeing with you because what I thought you was going to say was that the others can talk can patch into that computer from where they are from the others' home. They can patch into the Swan computer. I'll buy that. I don't buy they can patch into the cameras. Because of how, okay. because because that's closed circuit type stuff, and I just don't think they have the you know the the ability. Like you would need, you basically would need you know wires to run wires from the you know patch those wires into the feed in the pearl and run those all the way to where the others are going. I think they can pull that off, as I, long I as it's not like crazy far away. I think, I, I think it, but off. see that's the thing. I think it is crazy far away. I think it's a, a couple miles away at least. Oh, that's not I. By crazy far away, I mean like what do you hundreds think, of miles. But I mean, something. I know they they pulled out fanciful stuff before, but do you really think that they would just have a couple miles of video cable? I mean, that's ridiculous. I think. sure. I think I think they could get that. No problem. Mm, Definitely. Why? Definitely. Why? Why do I think that? I mean, because they've been able to get other stuff. You know, like the you know the plane mobile. Uh, that's an anomaly. Know. That's definitely an anomaly. The plane mobile. I think that's that. I think the plane mobile is. I think the. I think getting a couple miles of video cable, and being able to, you know, and being willing to lay that in the ground, uh, which is what you'd have to do. Otherwise, it's pretty obvious where the others are. Um, 
that's a really extensive thing to do. Um, I also think they know to, how to get off the island, and if they do that, you know, they, they have access to video cable. But why not just go to the Pearl to do this? Why, why do, when, when basically so far they've only, you know, used that video feed to talk, to know when to talk to Michael, you know, presumably they weren't doing that to Desmond. Um, so I don't, I don't know why they would go to the trouble of laying a couple miles of video cable when they can just go to the Pearl where it's already set up. Well, the Pearl isn't necessarily like right by where their home is. Well, no, I agree. I don't think, like I said, I think it's a mile at least. So they might want to monitor the station, you know, all the time and not have to trek out there every time they want to look in. So you think they requested a couple miles of cable, which would be a lot of money, but maybe they they have unlimited funds, but uh, a lot of money, time, and effort when they could just have somebody go periodically to the station. I don't know. I guess there's no way to really know which one. We're on on different sides of the fence on that one. But um, anyway, I think it's... Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's... I mean, the idea that they can't get a couple miles of cable... I mean, I don't think cable is a problem. I mean, and I I also think... I mean, couldn't it be... Couldn't couldn't it have been run when it was originally built? Well, it depends on where the other's home is. If they're in, like, some some Dharma station, then maybe. Like, if they're in the, the primary Dharma station or the headquarters or something, then maybe. Yeah, like, um, there was there was a camera in the Pearl. There was a camera was... in the Pearl, yeah, but I wouldn't think that, that all the cameras in the Pearl would be running to where that camera is going, but it could be, you know. Well, not, not necessarily, but it's just, you know, there's a camera, you know, there's a feed running from the Pearl to somewhere else. Yeah. So it's not outlandish that something else might be also running. Yeah. And hey, they, they, they fucking have a pneumatic tube going through the middle of that island, so. Yeah. Uh, none of the others did that, but still. I mean, I don't necessarily think it has to be that way. I'm just saying, like, I think it's possible. Sure, why not? Why not? Um, just because, like, I just can't see them, like, going out to the Pearl. It's like, okay, uh, we took Wald, and Michael's going to be back there, so we'll go We'll go to the Pearl and wait till we see him and then talk to him. I mean, I guess they could do I that. I mean, that I seems really, like really logical to me. Yeah, I know. It didn't sound so bad when I said it out loud. <laughs> I mean, like... they're like, okay, we need to set Michael up. Okay, well, you go to the Pearl. We can monitor him. You know, you just go wait there until you find, you know, and that seems pretty logical. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to talk about this absurd plan. It's going to sound so silly, and then... Uh... <laughs> Just sounds so silly when I say it, and then you say it, and then it makes sense. I mean, okay. I think they would like to monitor it all the time, so I, you know. But um, but I could see I could see it going either yeah. way. And plus, like since we all we know about, I mean, they did make a point of showing the camera like inside the pearl, and it, it sort of planted that seed that someone's wa- the pearl isn't the only place to watch. Like somebody's watching the pearl too, yeah. from somewhere else. So I think that seed's been planted. So there's at least that. But yeah, ah. So we basically have, you know, I think it. I think more more likely than not, he was not talking to Walt. Um, yeah, you know, there's no way. I mean, I if, really, Walt, if he was talking to Walt, Walt is shouldn't be talking like this. Yeah, like, he shouldn't be talking like that. And here's the other thing that we learned in the hunting party. When uh, I just quickly say it because it ties into this theory that they know that the I think the others know that they're in the the, the hatch at this point. Um, oh yeah. Uh, and and just for evidence sake, I don't know why you said oh yeah, but just for evidence sake, um, is because Zeke is giving that speech, 
saying, you know, right. this is our island, blah, blah, blah. You know, you don't walk into a man's house, go in his kitchen, and then he, and then he says, open doors, you have no business opening. And he looks right. at Locke. Right. You know, so I think that's a clear reference to the fact they got into the hatch. So they know that they're in the hatch, so, Definitely. you know, they, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, I'm ready to go to the next thing. Um, yeah, uh, I have something on this episode. Well, yeah, I got another thing on this episode, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, 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 but, well, God, yeah, I feel like this is way off topic. Uh, <laughs> but, um... Is it about six degrees? <laughs> no. No, it's a good show. Uh, at the end, when that whole scene plays out with the plane... And Echo and his mm-hmm. brother. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So. We'll keep explaining for those people who don't can't read our minds. Okay. <laughs> um. So at the end, you know, uh, you know, uh, Echo convinces Yemi to make them priests, uh, so they can uh, smuggle the drugs out of the country. Um, by threatening to burn the church down, which I think is sort of ridiculous. Um, but, <laughs> what's that? uh... That's like, what's that other thing? Like, you better do this or I'll kill you. Remember there was something else like that? Sorry. Maybe that's... <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I have no idea. There's like... No it's, one idea. Of, it's one of those things where, Oh, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about something that's totally not... I'll explain later. It's not a lost thing. Oh, God. You'll know what I mean yeah. once I explain it, but it's not lost, so I won't bore the audience. Okay. I just loved how vague that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're like, you better do something or I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, don't you know? Have you ever heard that before in a movie? <laughs> I think I have. Uh, okay. Uh, it's not even about lost, huh? No, it's, yeah. I'll tell okay. you. I'll tell you. All right. So, I mean, that just sort of bothered me because it just didn't seem like something he'd say to his brother. But anyway, uh, so he convinces Yumi of that. And then uh, so at the end, we're seeing them, you know, Echo and his, his crew dressed up as priests and, you know, preparing to smuggle the drugs inside the statues, right? And uh, so so everything's all well and good. Um, and then all of a sudden a van dries up, dries up, drives up and, uh, you know, Yemi hops out and, uh, and he, he says, you know, I came to stop you. Don't get on that plane. You saved my life once and now I'm here to save yours, which by the way is another line that Desmond says in the season two finale to Locke. Nice. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then, Yim, and then Echo says, "Save my life!" And Yemi says, "Look, if you get on that plane, if you do this, do what? Are you a prophet now?" And Yemi says, "Please, Echo, let me take your confession. Anything I can do, I will do. But please, don't go." Yeah. Okay. So, so I, you know, I want to know what's going on here. Like, what happened? <sighs> Yeah, there's there's two two possible things going on here. I you know it's interesting that this this plane ends up crashing on the island. Mm-hmm. You know, 
that's a, that's what's in this plane's future. Yeah. Um. So you know, did he did he know that? Did he sort of like get a vision or something of of that that was going to happen? I mean, why all of a sudden? Oh, you can't get on that plane. Like it it seemed really like it just seemed really weird to me. There, I think there's two possible things going on here. One being the the more interesting thing is that Yimi did have some sort of vision. And really, the big the big reason that I, that you you know we want to think he has a vision is because Echo says, "What are you a prophet now?" And so maybe we're thinking, um, you know, Yimmy has some vision that the plane's going to crash. And then of course he says, "Let me take your confession," which of course is something you would say if you think someone's going to die. Right. Um, now the other thing, less interesting and sort of more real world, is that he just doesn't want uh, Echo to get in trouble. Um, he knows that the police are coming or the military is coming. Um, and he, he thinks that Echo might die because of that, because, you know, they're going to be coming with guns, obviously, and they came shooting up, you know? So it's either don't get on this plane because, you know, you, because I, I, I've got this sense for whatever reason that it's going to crash and you're going to die on this island or don't get on this plane because I've called the police, sorry, the military and they're going to come. You might get killed because of that or at the very least put in jail and never see you again. So it, it's hard to say which one it is. I don't see any real evidence that he is a prophet or would have any sort of premonition. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm probably really on the fence on this. I want to lean on the side that he did have a vision, but there's no real reason why he would. You know, I mean, I don't think Yimmy is Nigerian for profit. So, that was supposed to be a joke. Oh, okay, um, sorry. Nah, we'll laugh later. I'll, I'll edit in a laugh. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, so, that's what I have to say about that. I thought the exact same thing. Was he, did he get a sense of the future somehow? Um, did he know the plane was going to crash? Now, the next thing is, why did the plane crash? Um, in Locke's dream, if I remember correctly, it was, it was sort of on fire as it was coming down. Excuse me. Um, but I believe when they found the plane, the many times we've seen the plane in the present, uh, it didn't look like it had any fire damage or was ever on fire, of course, until Echo blew it up or burned it. Um, so I don't really think it, it, it came down because it caught on fire. I know we saw that in his in, in Locke's dream, but yeah, uh, I don't really think this would happen based on the evidence of what we've seen from the plane. Um, yeah, if it did, I thought the other reason it could have gone down is because it was getting shot up by like rifles, so it could yeah. have put some holes in some vulnerable places, and so you know. But obviously, they they were in the air for a very long time to make it near Australia. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite a plane ride there, especially for a tiny plane. And like yeah, that. the idea that that plane had enough gas to get that far, I yeah. don't, I don't really buy that. The same reason, you know, that boat that the others are using, you know, can't be, you know, have too long of a range. Right. Um, I guess the other reason is could it be, was it was the plane drawn to the island somehow? Was there another incident or some, you know? Um, I guess when when how was this like four years ago? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Like how long ago was this? Um, was this plane? It was actually 
how long did Locke? Because Locke was the one who surmised with the clothing. Oh yeah, he he gave a he gave a date. He, it uh, was less than five years, I believe. Let me let me look it up real quick here. And do you remember what episode that was? Yeah, it was Deus Ex Machina. Oh, it sure um, was. You always remember that stuff. Sorry, uh, I know but you never remember my birthday. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that wasn't let's funny. See here. Uh, no, 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 it was a good one. Um, let's see. No, my point was, that's not funny. That you don't remember my birthday. Oh, good point. Yeah, I mean, not that you really don't, but if you didn't, it'd be sad, and it's not funny. Don't laugh. <laughs> okay, so he says, uh, sorry, I was not listening. No problem, I didn't say anything. Um, he says, let's see, so they find the body... Boone says he's a priest. How long do you think he's been dead? Locke says normally clothing would completely. De- Why do Locke. you know this, Locke? I know, Locke. You fucking asshole. Well, geez. well, when I went to clothing degradation school, the first thing we learned <laughs> is that clothing normally completely disintegrates, oh, and it's like he's speaking with such authority on these wildly diff- different topics, and it's like. Is he just is he just, just yapping? Is is it real? Are we supposed to take it at face value that it, this is fact, or is he just like? Because there's people out there like that who just make stuff up, you know, yeah, I know, just just to seem like they have the right answer. Oh well, this is obviously a clear cut, blah blah blah, you know. Yeah. But I guess I, I don't think he's like he's doing that. But I just I don't either. I can't imagine I why either. he know why he can just say that. It's very silly. Um. So, to finish the line, normally clothing would completely decompose within two years, but this is high-quality polyester. Could be two years, could be ten. So that was that was his, his line on that. Is there any other way from Echo's BS that we can figure out how long ago this was? Okay, that's, uh, that's another question. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, wow. I mean, how long was he in Australia? Do you remember offhand? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. No, I don't. Although they might have said it, but I don't remember. Well, we'll come back to that when we get to the rest of his backstory. We'll we'll try yeah. to remember. Uh, I just I just wondered how long it was there because maybe the plane had a couple detours. I don't know. Maybe it went to somewhere and refueled, and went to somewhere and refueled, and then. You know, who took knows? a long hopping trip to the island. Yeah, I don't. And the question is, you know, they were trying to get it out of the country. Now, Nigeria is on the east coast of Africa, right? Uh, the north. Is it? I thought it was more sort of in the middle. Um, oh, I flunked African country locations. All right, now I'm looking. Uh, let's see here. Oh boy. Uh, well, you know, it helps if you label your countries, guys. Well, yeah, it's uh. I thought it was yeah, in the top, the top right it, corner. <laughs> it's, well, top right corner? It's, well, maybe. It's, I uh, just thought that's where it was. It's pretty much, uh, yeah, it's pretty much on the west. It's on the west coast. Um, you know, it sort of curves out and comes inward. Well, on the, on the underside of the inward curve, that's sort of where it is. Okay, you're not making any sense to me. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of shaped like, uh, oh God, I don't know. What is that? 
I don't know. Maybe you should see yourself. I'm looking at a map. Oh, there it is. Okay, it's the little curve that Africa has. Basically, the place where Africa and South America used to be connected. Oh, Uh, okay. Ah, good one. Well, Um, it's not a joke. (laughs) No, I I know. Just good one for mentioning that. Oh, yeah. Not not good, like, humor. Uh, Pangea. Good old Pangea. Pangea, don't forget people. (laughs) Yeah, it was a few, few days ago. (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, so Nigeria is definitely on the western side. Uh, yeah, it is. Okay, so you, you were right. I was. I was. I mean, yeah, you were right. I thought it was on the eastern side. Oh, sorry. Did I, you say I east? sort of thought where I thought it was where Egypt is. I guess. Oh, okay. Um, and Sudan. I thought it was like in the middle. So I, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> What an awesome podcast! Um, <laughs> where did you think? At, where yeah. did you think Nigeria? Hey guys, where did you think Nigeria was? <laughs> Email us at lostlowdown at gmail.com. because <laughs> apparently it's such an interesting topic of discussion. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Next no. time on Lost Lowdown, where do you think Congo <laughs> is? <laughs> oh, oh God! Oh God! Oh. Who can spot Turkey? <laughs> Okay, um, my point being... Um, and don't miss the riveting next episode, Where is Uzbekistan? <laughs> oh, man. We're turning into where in the world is... Yeah, crazy countries. Oh, God. The plane, <sighs> the plane flew from Nigeria to Congo to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> To Saudi Arabia, <laughs> to Turkey, and back. <laughs> well, it landed oh. in Australia and took a wrong turn in Tasmania. And it went down under and fell oh. on a bloody island. Okay. <laughs> Passed over Fiji. Oh, God, man. We should get those, we should get those guys on here to sing uh, We're in the... Where in the world is uh, Echoes Brothers Beechcraft? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Perfect number of syllables. Yeah, yeah I tried. Okay. My... Uh, it wasn't really Echoes Brothers, but uh, that'll work anyway. It wasn't what? Oh, well, he was on the plane. He was on it, but it wasn't his, but it's good enough. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> Nigeria, back to my point. Yeah, right, right. I, your I, point. I was trying to see why they would end up east of Africa if they were trying to get these drugs out of Africa. I, I was yeah, did to, they say where they were going to go? It didn't did say. Ever... I mean, the fact that they headed east makes a little bit of sense since they're on the west coast, so there's a lot of countries east. Um, I thought if they were on the east coast, it wouldn't make sense for them to head east, you know, because there's nothing there but water. And I guess if you fly long enough, you'll get to India. But yeah. um, anyway, I guess I don't have a lot to say because I can't come up with why they went that way or how they got that far. I really think that's that's one of the big things they they hopefully will explain uh, is is how that plane got there. Uh, yeah. Presumably, it wasn't an electromagnetic thing that um, that did it. You know. Oh, the other reason I wanted to know how long ago it was was because I believe on the blast door map. The original incident was in '84. Is that correct? Or '86? Um, oh boy! It was in the '80s. We can agree on that, right? It was in the '80s. So I was trying to figure out if maybe that somehow drew the plane a great distance from where it was near Africa or near the Indian Ocean, and drew the plane to the island 
from the original incident. That was, far. Yeah. That, well, it's the original incident. I mean, that's that's quite an incident. Hey, it's the incident. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, if it pulled that that far, I mean, shouldn't it have pulled like? No, it only pulls drug running planes. <laughs> yeah, unless you okay. unless you've got heroin in your plane. It, yeah, heroin is like the new magnetism. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, they should use that in yeah. their marketing <laughs> campaign. Black is the new pink, and heroin is the new magnetism. And forty is the new fifty. Well, I mean the other way around. Thirty is definitely the new twenty. <sighs> so let's move on. Did we, did we make a point? I think we made a point. Oh, uh, I don't know. I just thought that scene was interesting. Like, it just struck me as interesting, and I, I thought, I felt like he knew. And and, and I was also thinking about um, the uh, the scene from Question Mark when, uh, you know, that, that uh, the psychic's daughter comes up to Echo and tells, tells him that, that uh, that his brother, you know, told her he was he was good or something, you know. Remember oh, I that forgot scene? about that. You know, and and then you know, Yimmy appears to Echo on the island too in his dream, and it just it made me think that he's like he that he just knew something. But yeah, it, it could be just a very very pragmatic thing where he just uh, he reported it and he just wanted. Uh, he just wanted Echo to uh, get away from there so he wouldn't uh, die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know. I think what, if we ever find out why the plane went down, and specifically why it went down on the island, I think we can maybe piece together what he really meant by that. Um. Yeah. And I think we will. I mean, I've heard, I've heard Damon make specific reference to the fact that we're supposed to wonder what happened to the plane. So oh, really? if he says that, it makes me think he's got a specific sort of story in mind for it. So and I think there's a chance maybe we'll find. I think there's supposed to be an Echo flashback this season. So I think there's a. They, I think there's a decent chance we'll we'll find out maybe uh, this season what's oh, going cool. on with that plane. So uh, I mean I, that's not based on a spoiler. That's just based on pure speculation. But uh, but I think there you know I think it's possible. So uh, hopefully hopefully we'll we'll. We'll have something to work with soon. Cool. Because right now it's it's completely up in the air how it got there. So can yeah. I just say we? <laughs> I always ask permission. Uh, we. <laughs> you do. You're so polite. I'm so polite. Uh, that's the English in me. Um, that uh, we spent two hours talking about two episodes. Oh dear, that's oh. too long. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at this rate, it's going to be an eight-hour podcast. Yeah. That, oh, boy. <laughs> what will Kurt say? Oh, God. Kurt from the Black Rock is going to have a field day with that one. Oh, you did not. You did not. Um, let's go to the hunting party and try to, uh, I, I mean, I hate, I mean, hunting party. Yeah, there's a, nothing to talk about in this one, so we'll be done soon. Hunting party is a fairly interesting episode, but there's not a lot of interesting stuff, but there is a couple interesting things. Fire and water is complete waste of time. Oh yeah, uh, we don't. Let's just skip we it. We could skip it. Someone Who out there is cares? like, oh, don't skip it. That's my favorite episode. <laughs> no one's saying that. No one ever. Okay, so let's go to the hunting party, episode eleven. In a flashback, Jack's marriage pays the price when he gets too personally involved with the patient and his family. Sorry, I couldn't read that without <sighs> laughing. <laughs> I was. 
trying to hold it together. His marriage pays the price. Okay, that's some personification for you. Mm-hmm. Back on the island, Jack accompanies Locke and Sawyer as they search for Michael. As night falls, they encounter a familiar enemy who reveals himself as one of the others. Back mm. at the camp, Jack approaches Anna Lucia with an interesting proposition. Oh no, dude! When it came, I, I when he came to talk to her at the end of this episode, I was like, "Oh my god, here it comes! Here it comes! One of the best lines ever in Lost. One of the best episode enders ever, which yeah. comes to nothing as the yeah. season." Uh, it turns into one of the worst after you know what happened. Yeah. Uh, basically, everyone probably knows we're referring to when Jack turns to Anna Lucia and says, how long do you think it would take to train an army? Yeah. And it goes, lost. And it's just the most, yeah. the most kick-ass thing ever. You're just like, yeah, they're going to train an army. They're going to kick some Whoa, others' yeah, ass. Man. Like, Watch your others. Yeah. Jack is a coming for you. Jack and Anna Lou are the tag team of butt-kicking. Like, <laughs> man, they didn't. <laughs> that was the worst thing. That was like a lock move. You know, Locke always tries to do grandiose things that blow up in his face. Yeah. And that is like the same thing, man. But yeah. let's start at the beginning. Um, yeah, and we'll have to talk about as we go over these episodes how the army sort of devolves into nothing. Cause, like, can, you you de- you, can you devolve when you start at nothing? You can sort of see it. Yeah, I know. Well, you know. I mean, there's a point where it sort of builds up and, like, it gains steam, but then there's a point where it just, like, yeah. collapses. Yeah, God. You know? And I think, really, the ultimate collapse was Anna Lucia getting shot. I mean, at that point, it was He like, lost his co-captain. Yeah, exactly. I think people... I guess people just stopped showing up for the Showing up for meeting. practice? <laughs> yeah. You guys don't have what it takes. You don't show up for practice. You don't give it your all. Oh, go do your math homework. You, oh, God. You know, there's like high school kids, you know? Like, you'd rather go to band pra- practice than army practice? Fine. Right. All right. Um, this whole thing... Yeah, we thing, really started at the beginning there. Um, this, I mean, the ending. Yeah, start, oh, this whole thing with Jack's BS was very interesting. Uh, I say that, and I don't mean it. I know, I was going to say, but very interesting. <laughs> but very uh, interesting, I mean... I don't mean interesting in the normal sense. I mean interesting in a very clinical sense. All right. Uh, whatever that means. Um, I thought it was interesting that, you know, we basically it's, it's round two of can Jack perform a miracle? So in uh, the hunting party, uh, this is obviously Jack's BS. Uh, actually, I forgot, we haven't been going over the episode titles like we usually do uh, in terms of what they mean for the episode. Oh, yeah, that's uh, true. Well, what, what Kate did was pretty obvious. I don't, I don't know what that means. What Kate did, I, I don't know what those three words mean together like that. What's a Kate? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, okay. Obviously, what Kate did is probably one of the worst titles, just because it's so pedestrian. Yeah, it's just like it's like, hey, if you want to know what Kate did, this is the episode for you. Yeah, it's what Kate did. Like, it's just I don't think could come out something a little bit more interesting, like Black Stallion. Hey, or, uh, I'll or, take it. Uh, Big Ass Horse Saves the Day. I don't know. Yeah, I'll take that Keep one that. too. Twenty uh, third Psalm. I don't know well, what that is. Well, uh, he uh, he says the twenty third psalm when he's after he burns the plane. Um, oh, 
So that. Uh, oh, the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. That's what that is. Yeah. Oh. Although sweet. I've heard that he sort of gets it wrong, but uh, that's what it's supposed to be. Really, he gets it wrong. Yeah. Really? You know, he is a that's priest. That's what I've heard. He is a priest, you know. Hey. Is it weird that uh, the 23rd Psalm says the Lord is my shepherd and Jack's last name is Shepherd? Or is that just, you know? Oh, yeah, that's very weird. Um, so, what about the hunting party? The hunting party, obviously. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's about the group that goes to get michael right i mean yeah i they're i mean they're i don't know what they're hunting they're hunting they're michael hunting, uh, they're hunting michael they want to bring him capture him and bring him back okay right yeah i feel like i feel like hunting party is is a reference to something else i don't know don't you? Maybe. No. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an expression. It's something people say. Um, uh, isn't it? Always reminds me of, and actually, there's a movie with the same title about, I guess, the same thing. Uh, the Dangerous Game, or was it Dangerous Game of All, or one of the two? The, the most that, dangerous. Game? The most dangerous game. There it is. Um, because there's actually a movie, uh, with uh, Gene Hackman, by the way, uh, where Ooh. basically the plot the plot apparently seems to be, um, uh, you know, the most dangerous game. Um, mm-hmm. so I always thought the hunting party. Uh, I, I thought I always when I ever heard that I always thought it had some connection to the most dangerous game, which is when basically the this rich guy or something basically instead of hunting you know animals, he basically hunts people. Right. So, but I guess it has nothing to do with loss in terms of this episode. I can't see the. Not that I can think of. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Anyway, Jack's BS. (laughs) (laughs) Glad we took the time out for that. Um, Yeah. This is basically uh, round two of can Jack perform a miracle? And the first time, obviously, he performed what everyone wants to call a miracle when he, quote-unquote, fixed Sarah, um, mm-hmm. and which, which is a term that everyone seems to be using. And every time I hear it, I wonder if it's, if it's common enough just to, you know, to, for me not to really think about it. But everyone usually uses that term, like, he fixed her, I fixed her, you fixed her, you know, like even the... The Italian daughter in this uh, in this episode says, "You know, you fixed her," and uh, I don't know. Is that a, is that just a common thing you would say if some if if a doctor, you know, fixed a, a person? Would you just say, you know, you fixed them? It seems too um, non technical. Uh, yeah, yeah, not not necessarily non technical, but uh, too unemotional, too like you know, you know, a, a technician fixes things. A doctor heals people, you know? That's what, you know, I guess that's the difference. I'm, 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 I'm oh. hoping there. Um, impersonal. Yeah, it's too impersonal. Like, you fixed her. Like, it, there was no emotional attachment. You went and you did your job. You're gone, you know? Yeah. Whereas, you know, you healed me or you saved me or you, 
gay. As though it was a car or something. Yeah, exactly. That's what I. And then the fact that everyone uses that phrase, I don't know if the writers are trying to make a point or not, or if that's just how they want to phrase it. But I, I think it's supposed to lead into the the end of the flashback where his wife is like, "You always have to fix something," and so yeah. I feel like they're they're sort oh, of about that. Okay. Yeah, harping on that. It's about his fixing yeah. thing. So yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. Round one, he obviously won, even though he didn't think that he had fixed her. Um, right. He it was apparently a miracle, and she was able to walk again. So now this Italian family, uh, the the father who has this tumor uh, near his spine, uh, Jack decides he's going to give it another try. And I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't tell from that scene if he's given another try because he actually thinks he has a shot. Like he's. Like I guess it's because he thinks he has the skills to do it, or if he thinks that. I mean, I guess he doesn't think another miracle is going to happen. He's he's banking on his skills, right? I mean, he's not that. I, not that. Uh, I don't know. Spiritual or crazy. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You say crazy, I say spiritual. Um, to, <laughs> well, to, you know. to bank on a miracle. I guess he really, I mean, his father doesn't think it's worth it. Uh, because his father doesn't think it'll happen. But Jack's like, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. So anyway, I thought mm-hmm. that was weird. But, uh, yeah. And then, so what's the point of this? That that he just wants to fix something? And that was sort of the whole the whole reason that we get this back. Because, you know, most backstories lead up to, to, to a point that relates to what's going on in the episode. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, I guess the backstory really leads up to Sarah saying, you always need to fix something. Uh, but it's like, damn, Sarah, like, the marriage is broken. Why won't you let him fix it? Um, I know. It was weird. Um, I know, like, it's so bad that he wants to fix the marriage. Yeah. Well, I thought, I thought that her point was that, you know, you, I, I like she had his attention when she needed to be fixed, and after after she was fixed, she didn't have his attention, and the marriage sort of was falling apart. And he was, you know, obviously working long hours, fixing other people, and doing other things, and that was sort of the point of of what she meant oh, by okay. that. You know, she basically you always need to fix things, which means that if I'm not broken, then I'm not going to have your attention. Yeah, okay. That, I okay. think that's what she really meant by that, but. Like, it didn't get your attention until the marriage was a mess. Exactly. then you needed to fix it. Then you need, exactly. And that, didn't he say that? Like, it's my fault. I wasn't here for you. I'll fix it. I'll do this. I'll do that. Yeah. So, and I really think, uh, I mean, I've seen other characters who were um, almost, like, giving to a fault. You know how Jack is. But um, right. I, I think that's one of those really interesting character flaws when, like, you're so positive in this one area that it's a, it's a flaw, you know. Right. Like he always wants to be the one to do things and help out, which but it means that it's gonna you know be bad on the other people in his life because they won't be the ones getting his attention, you know. So I really like yeah. that character flaw for him, you know. It's a little better than being a bad girl from the wrong side of the tracks. Oh, <laughs> Kate, I'm looking at you. Um. So what else in this oh, episode? Oh, but she has a heart of gold. She's got a heart of gold. And black stallion in her pocket. Mm-hmm. Um. The arrow hatch is apparently east. Yeah. Did they say that? Well, because Locke stops for no apparent reason to ask which way Sawyer and the and the uh, the 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 Tailies 
which way they were coming when they were coming back to the beach where the, where the fuselage section is, uh, fuselage people are. Um, and Sawyer says it's over this way, which means that they were, that they came from the east, which means the, the arrow hatch must be in the east. And we all know that the tail section people landed in the north, and that's where the others are in the north. Um, so just in terms of getting our bearings straight on where things are, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we should say that the, the real, I guess the thatch is north, right? I'm sorry, FAMP is north. Yeah. Uh, we, I guess we don't really know where the real other's home is. True. Which, I don't think it's on the island. That's just me. Uh, I think it has to be somewhere close. Maybe it's not. If it's not on the island, it can't. I mean, it can't be that far. I don't think it's that far. I mean, we 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 know from the other orientation film about the Paula ferry. So there's obviously yeah. a ferry that goes from the island to some other landmass that's close, or some sort of maybe even some sort of artificial station that's on top of the water or under the water or, you know, you know, not necessarily right. a piece of land, but some sort of station. Anyway, um, you got anything? I got a couple things, but I don't want to hog the whole thing. Oh, hey, hog away. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't write a lot down for it. I mean, there's the obvious thing I want to yeah. talk about, which is the meeting with okay. the others. Well, but, we can uh, save that. I'll, I'll talk about my little things real quick. I thought it was yeah. interesting. Charlie and Hurley are in the uh, Swan Hatch trying to find some tunes to play. And yeah. they pull out some stuff, and Charlie says he's never heard of Geronimo Jackson. And right. he, he says, you know, that he's sort of an expert in all things musical, and he's never heard of Geronimo Jackson. And neither have I. But I thought that might be important for some reason, that that if, he, if, we, if we sort of just assume that he is this musical expert, that the fact he's never heard of... Um, Geronimo Jackson means something. Yeah, I thought the same thing, actually. What might it mean, though? Uh, that... Oh, I've got nothing. Yeah, like, I have no idea what that might mean. Like, there's a band that doesn't exist, and their album's here... Yeah, or, yeah, something like that, or, um, yeah, the title is Magna Carta, which is, seems to be something that would be of interest on a show like this. Seems like it'd be meaningful. That was the title of the album. Uh, I just searched for Geronimo Jackson, and they don't seem to be a real band that has ever existed. Uh, at least all of the references are only lost related. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a there's like a there's an Easter egg on the on the season two DVD where you get to see the Geronimo Jackson album cover. Yeah, yeah, that's why I just looked at online. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like there's something there, but I I don't really know what that means. Uh, like some kind of weird parallel universe thing, or uh, 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 well, apparently, let's see. Apparently, in the January 9, 2006 official Lost podcast, Damon and Carlton seem to suggest that the band was real. 
Uh, quote, they're, they're a band not a lot of people have heard about. They just pressed one very obscure album in the mid to late 70s. And then on May 15th of this year, it says the po- um, in that podcast, producers claim that it was indeed a real, very obscure band from the 70s. So I guess that's that. I guess it is a real band. He's never heard of it. Be- Charles never heard of it because they're obscure and they just have that line in there for whatever reason. And uh, we shouldn't think about it ever again. Are you sure they're not lying? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure, by the way. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Sun and Jin were married four years ago. We got that information. Um, now, Who? Sun and Jin. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Sun, Sun and Jin, you know, the Korean couple? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's coming back to me, yeah. What about uh, you know Starbud? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. 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 They were they were married four years ago. That's what oh, okay. is insinuated at least, because Jin says you know son Jin wants to go after Michael with the hunting party, and Son says no, I don't want you leaving. And then later, oh, Jin, now later Jin Sorry. says I don't like being told what to do, and Son says well I didn't like it either, and I had to deal with the last four years. Yeah, so assuming so she, up, bitch. So, yeah, shut the fuck up, Jen. Oh, that puts you in your place. Um, I thought that was a very interesting, very um, tender, very what's the word? Um, you could tell Jen's character has changed with that scene. The fact that he was just sort of open about his feelings. And and that first of all, he took her feelings into account when he decided not to go. And then yeah. in the next scene, when he basically says, you know, he wasn't pissed that she told him what to do. He was just like, you know, I don't like that. And it was that was very not season one Jin. Season one Jin would have slapped her or something. Right. And so I think you can see their relationship changing and everything like that, which I think is interesting. And I don't know about you, but I hope for a lot more Sun and Jin in episode in, in season three. I hope it's... I think we all do. All Sun and Jin all the time. My inside sources say there will be a Sun and Jin episode in season three. I hope they have a baby who's a little ballerina. (laughs) Made of glass. (laughs) Um, Oh, God. Um, So let's talk about the the infamous scene. Probably one of the biggest scenes all season. Uh, I assume you're referring to, uh... <laughs> Oh, there's so many things I could say right now. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> the, the meeting with, uh, with quote-unquote Zeke, or should I say Tom, and, uh, and, and our losties. Yes. I just want to say it was cool. Let's move on. All right. Uh, yeah, not much <laughs> to talk about there. I mean, yeah. we certainly didn't learn anything. No, uh, no. Uh, there was there was certainly nothing to nothing to uh, to address. Um, yeah, this is uh, and this sort of comes full circle in three minutes because we see we see the behind the scenes action mm-hmm. here. Um, and we didn't have to buy the know, DVD with with Alex and Kate's back there and Michael was back there too. It was really weird. Don't worry about Michael. He's not going to find us. He's like, he's right there. Yeah, that was a blatant lie. Yeah. Uh, quote, unquote, Mr. Friendly, which is, I guess, what he's credited as in here. 
Yeah, uh, that's what they called him in the script, I guess, before they named him. Yeah, his name is Tom, as we learn. Or Z, yeah. as Sawyer likes to call him. Right. Um, yeah, it's a blatant lie. He said, oh, don't worry about him. He'll never find us. And we, you know, I remember originally getting this sense Michael's just going to be wandering blind out in the woods on the yeah. jungle for for a while. And, of course, it was just a lie. He's right, right 20, 50 feet away, maybe. Um, yeah. What was interesting when the scene first starts is, you know, Locke and Jack are sort of deciding if they should keep going. And Jack says, you know what happens if we just turn around and go back? We'll never see him again, and that's going to be on us, on you and me. And then Zeke says, you're exactly right, Jack. But if I were you, I'd listen to Mr. Locke, which means I'd turn around. So he's basically saying, you're right, Jack. If you guys turn around, you'll never see Michael again. Isn't Isn't that a weird thing to say? Yeah, that is a weird thing to say. Or, or it seems that, to make sense. Or, or more specifically, it's going to be on you if you give up. But he's telling him to give up. He says, but, "Hey, it's yeah. going to be on you if you guys turn around and give up looking for Michael." But I think you should. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is telling him, you know, to stay away. So. Yeah. Uh, he wants him to listen, but it's going to be on them, apparently. Yeah. I guess he, consi- I guess he considers it... Well, I don't know why he can... I don't... Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. It seems like one of those things that sounds good until you think about it. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, it came off great because it's, it's very dramatic, and they go to commercial right after he says yeah. that. Anytime like, the protagonists have an argument, and then the bad guy shows up and agrees... You know, yeah, oh yeah, you're right, you know, James Bond, but I think yeah. you should get caught in my laser trap. You know, it's very right. it's very poignant or whatever, but um, it doesn't really make a lot of sense here. And I love that Walt, oh, god darn it, I said darn it, uh, I haven't said that since I was five. Um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Me either, that's a good one. I know, god darn it. Oh, Tarnations. <laughs> I guess I'm Yosemite Sam, too. Uh, yeah, wow. Tarnations. Um, Locke, that's his name. He's Please. very calm throughout pretty much this whole encounter, where Jack is very on edge, very, you know, nervous-y. And Locke actually asks at least one very important question that doesn't get answered. True. Uh, how do you know our names? Yeah. And, of course, uh, 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 where's the scene? What did you say? I'm trying to find the scene again. Oh. Oh, Locke says, how do you know our names? And then Jack says, you took Walt. It sort of cuts off that line of questioning. He doesn't, he basically doesn't give Zeke a chance to answer, because he's like, you took Walt. I mean, he already knows he took Walt. Come on now. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's really, it's, this is a really weird exchange. Okay, because it goes like, (laughs) Zeke says, just sit down, Jack. Nobody's going to hurt you. I come in peace. And then Locke says, how do you know our name? Jack goes, you took Walt. Zeke's like, Walt's fine. He's a very special boy. Then Jack goes, look, you said you wanted to talk. Talk. It's like, he was talking. (laughs) Yeah. He was, he was explaining about Walt. Like, he might have said some more about why he's special if you didn't cut him off and said, look, you said you wanted to talk, talk. I mean, it's really weird. Really weird thing to do, to tell him to talk when he's talking. 
Um, but I understand. That's what Jack does. That's what Jack does. He just wants to be in control. So yep. anyway, uh, Zeke goes on. He's always got to control something. You always got to control something, Jack, because you want to fix it. So hey, they talk about you know the fact that. Okay, here's the thing. Zeke gives a whole speech about you guys. You know, this is our island, and we don't, you're only li- living because we let you live here. And, you know, the whole analogy about coming to a man's house that you don't know and taking off your shoes and going through their stuff. But how much of that is really true? Like, yeah. they, they didn't choose to land on the island. Uh, that much can be said. Um, and Are you sure? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You mean... <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't... I apologize. I wasn't very specific. The Losties did not choose to land on the right. island. True. Um, that much can be said. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that'd be weird if I meant the others. I know. I was like, wow, that's interesting. It's a bold that statement. You know that. Um, yeah. So they didn't choose to land there and to say, you know, you're only living here because... And it's like they haven't really been meddling that much with the others, you know. And I and I and I'm wondering why. Besides plot wise, besides we need drama, besides you know we're we're, we're going towards the middle of the season. Um, why did all of a sudden they're like, okay, here's a line in the sand that you better not cross, you know? Why 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 build up this big uh, this big threat at this point in the game when when the Losties. Haven't really, uh, haven't really posed a threat. You know, they're not like exploring the island incessantly. They're not looking for the others. You know, they're not. I mean, Michael's the only one really looking for Walt. You know, and that's just this episode he leaves, or last episode I should say. And uh, so anyway, I was just wondering. It seems like, I mean, I understand plot wise that this is a good point to to have the head to head. But it just seems weird that they're like, okay, here's a line that's saying you better not cross. And you guys better go back because we're the ones in charge here. And I always went back. You know, we had our big discussion about this when, when we were talking about two groups of others and all that and and why they would dress up and that whole thing. And I still want to go back to say that um, that they're making a lot of threats here that I don't think they can necessarily back up. Now... I'll feel obviously proven wrong if we see in season three that there's like a couple hundred others or something like that. But even in this scene when Jack's like, you know, I, I got you guys figured out, you know, there, there's more of us than you. And Zeke tells him to light it up and light him up. And I think I counted in the last, the, in the last wide shot, I think there's, there's like around 15, 15 flares, 15 torches, which isn't that many people. And of course, you know, we, we should assume that that's not all of the others. But, um, you know, if we find a whole bunch of others, then I'll say, okay, well, I guess their threat, they could back up. But I really think a lot of the threats, at least at this point in the game, seem really empty. Um, You know, the fact that, as we know, they had to use Michael to get, you know, Jack and Kate and Sawyer and all of them. You know, instead of them coming to take them themselves, they had to make Michael sort of trick them into doing it. Um... So I think there's a I think I think it's interesting that they're not using the power that they that they try to flaunt and maybe and maybe maybe they have that power but they're not using it for a certain reason. Um, I've been talking for a while. Do you have anything to say about that? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff here. Um, I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, 
he says, you know, there. Jack says there's more of us than there are of you. Like, does he mean in general, like total, if you count every person at the at the yeah, at I the think main he means, camp? I think he means the people who landed on the plane. <clears throat> I think he means the uh, losties. Okay. Yeah, um, and then and like he says, if he had any real strength, he wouldn't have sent a spy. And I, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily true because obviously a spy can can gather gather a lot more information than brute force could. Um, yeah, people have spies that are that are strong. That's, yeah, that's not. Um, yeah, exactly. But I think I really... think Jack's on the right track with that, and I think the fact that the torches. That they were ready with the torches, I think um, they were sort of ready to, in case they needed to, to 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 do that. And can I just really quickly mention, I don't know how you can light torches that quickly. I mean, how do you, I mean, how would you light a torch that, you know, I mean, he says light them up, they're lit in a couple seconds, all of them. And the only yeah. way you could really do that is if, you know, you have your stick and at the end of the stick you have something flammable on the end of it, like... You know, some cloth or something doused in gasoline or whatever. But then, of course, you would need a match or a lighter, which, you know, realistically speaking, which I'll try not to do that too much on this show, but realistically speaking, when they're lighting it up, you should be able to see people with their matches and see, you know, because it's dark, people with their lighters lighting these things. And then, at the end, when they leave, the torches just instantly go out. I mean, that's, to me, it's bordering supernatural, yeah. Because it's just not realistic. Now, I don't know if it's not realistic because, you know, obviously it's a show or if, or if it's, I mean, like I said, it's bordering supernatural that you can make a, a torch light up in a couple seconds and then extinguish it just as fast. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a big part of it that they wanted to be dramatic. Yeah. But, you know, if it was like one thing goes up and, oh, hold on a second, I'm lighting it and, you know... <laughs> It would just be very crappy. Yeah. But um, I don't believe... Jack... <laughs> Hold on, I'm lighting. I can't get this dang thing to start. <laughs> wait, wait, Zeke, wait. <laughs> I agree. Hey, I pick agree. it. Give me a lighter. This one's broke. <laughs> this one's out of fluid. Uh, oh, patchy. What Jack's saying about them not having real strength and there being... I don't think he's right. Mainly because I feel like Jack's usually wrong about stuff like this. Yeah. You know, usually when when he when he starts talking emotionally and yeah. he has this theory about something, it's just wrong. But I think I'll, I agree. But the fact that he was proven seemingly proven wrong right here, right now, very quickly makes me think he was on the right track, and they just had an ace up their sleeve. They were ready for him in case he said something like that. Yeah, uh, we won't know until we find out more about you know what's going on. But um, when, but even in uh, is it three minutes when we when we see the other side of this? Uh, I'll have to watch that again, obviously. But when when Zeke and them are, are are tracking Michael, when they sort of kidnap Michael, it's not that many of them. And then very soon after that is when we have this scene in hunting part in the hunting party. So. How, you know, 15 to 20 other others came out of nowhere just in time, you know, because they didn't, um, well, they knew, my, they knew the hunting party was tracking Michael, right? Uh, yeah. I think yeah. they said something that they knew, but I, but the, I just don't buy that they, that they specifically knew in advance so that when they left their, 
left their wherever the others live that they took 20 around 20 people with them to go get Michael you know basically my point is I feel like they faked the the, the light up thing the the light them up thing you know maybe one person holding two torches type thing or it was it wasn't that many people as it seemed and it was because to me it seemed like a parlor trick you know he was just ready for it you know, and if he really had the power, I don't, I don't know if he would have done that. And like I said, he seems like he's Zeke is just, they're they're bullying the Losties. You know, don't cross this line. And hey, look how many people we got. And you know, he's got the sniper up in the tree who hits Sawyer. You know, and like he's using a lot of tactics that can sort of go either way. But it's making me think they really don't have what it takes to back it up. Um, anyway. I disagree. I think I think the others are stronger, and I bet they have more people than the uh, than the Lost Camp, or if not more, at least a comparable number. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I think I do think they have more. I would say, if I had to guess, I'd say there are at least a hundred of them. I'm going to go on record and say I think they have less, but maybe maybe as many, but definitely not more. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say less, but m- maybe as many, uh, you know, around forty, around forty people. I'd go and say high as fifty. I don't think a hundred, uh, partially because of how many we've seen, you know, even in the even in the FAMP, uh, we weren't it wasn't that many people there, and and a lot of the people that we've seen seem to be higher up too, you know, Miss Clue and. And, and and Henry and Zeke, we we've seen and, and you know Ethan, uh, they're sort of higher up. You know what I mean? Like, I guess what I mean. Is, do you know what I mean? Before I have to explain it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I you know what I mean. They're, we're seeing a lot of the higher up people, and I felt like if there were if there were a whole bunch of them, we wouldn't see so many of the higher ups. You know, and I feel like since I feel like if there's a small number of them, that explains why we're seeing so many of the higher ups because. There's not that, you know, the, the levels of hierarchy are, are, are smaller in number. Um, but anyway, that's just, a, that's just my, you know, random theory about that. Um, I, think, I think the reason we see the higher-ups is just because that's, you know, that's who carries out these more important tasks. Yeah, there you and go. So, you know, and, and I think at the FAMP, that wasn't, I don't think that was all the others at all. No, I don't think it was all of them either. You know, I think that was just a group of them that's, you know, they were there to serve a specific purpose. And, you know, I think there's lots of other, I mean, I know they got these kids, you know, and uh, I feel like there's there's lots of them that just don't go out and do this kind of stuff. Uh, so I, I just, I have a feeling we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll meet a lot more. We'll, we'll get a sense, I mean, we'll definitely get a sense here in a new season of how, how big they are. But it- I'm just... I just, I really can't believe they're that small. I don't, I don't really know why I can't believe that, but, uh, it just, it just seems, I just, uh, eh, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a good reason to think that they're, that they're not small, but I just, uh, I just, I just think they're, they're not, what can I say? Um, I also want to say that the fact that Henry seems to be fairly higher up on the food chain and he is the one doing whatever he came to the hatch to do. I think also lends itself to the idea that there's not that many of them. You know, why send Henry, who's in charge, at least on a management level, 
you know, he's over Miss Clue and Zeke, or I should say Tom. Uh, he, you know, he may not be the one, uh, or him or whatever, but, um, probably isn't, but the fact that, you know, he's definitely higher up and he's the one out there risking his life to do whatever he was trying to do when he was in the hatch, um, I think also lends itself to the idea that there's just not that many of them out there. Uh, the fact that, like, Ethan was a, you know, had to go be a spy and he was the one, you know, doing the test on Claire like he seems like he's he's you know fairly important and valuable, uh, at least in terms of some of the skills he he should have. And but he's the one who who had to go be a spy. I just don't think there's that many of them based on what we've seen. But based on what we've seen, we haven't seen that many. So we'll see. I mean, I can definitely see in season three if we go to the others' camp and there's like a couple hundred of them and they're all doing all kinds of stuff. But I could also see if there's only, you know, maybe 50 of them. And they're, you know, I think it largely depends on what, you know, obviously how they got there, why they're there, and then what they're doing now. Right. I think that's really going to determine how many people. But um, let's quickly move on. Uh, the other yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I had a point. Uh, I lost it. Were you just going to restate your previous point? No, no, no. I I think I had a new point. Okay. Uh, believe it or not. Uh, but uh, but I can't I can't seem to remember what I was gonna say. Uh, I got a point that I remember. All right. I, I just wanted to also add to the idea that 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 Zeke slash Tom is um is just boasting and 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 has a lot of empty threads is the fact that you know he has Kate who and I and I I guess I'll ask you this. What do you think would have happened? I mean, Jack basically said, no, we're not going to turn around. And what yeah. do you think would have happened? This is wild speculation, but what do you think would have happened if they didn't have Kate as the uh, as their backup plan? Like, I really don't think they would have just killed them all. The others the or others. Jack and company? I don't think the others would have killed Jack and them. No? No. I mean... Putting aside that it's a TV show and we need those characters, like if and if you put this in sort of some sort of reality, I just don't really think they would have killed them all. I really think, and the fact that he's like, "Shut up, I'm going to count to three, you know, one, two, like that's just, I mean, it's it's classic, you know, dra- dramatic writing, but it's also like, you know, stalling. It's also like, God, I hope you don't call my bluff because I'm not going to kill Kate." But, and I'm not going to shoot you guys, but I need you guys to turn around. You know what I mean? Um, but that's just that's just a hunch I have. I really just I just the way this the way this was set up just doesn't seem like they had anything to back it up with. I think they'd shoot her. I mean, they shot Sawyer and they blew up the raft. I, I don't think they're above that. Oh God, that is not the same thing. They shot Sawyer in the arm, not not shooting him in the neck. And killing him. They did blow up the raft, but come on. I I don't think they're they not have, above violence at the they're very They're definitely least. not above violence. Cold blooded murder, I mean good one obviously. Good one did it. Yeah, uh, even killed Scott. Well, let's get into the next part of this, which is the fact that, you know, obviously they're gonna request uh Kate Sawyer and uh who is it? Kate Sawyer Locke and Hurley? Oh, Jack, Kate, Sawyer. Jack, Kate, Sawyer. Curly, and Sawyer. Yeah. He, they're going to request them very shortly after this encounter 
So True. the question is, I guess the big question is, one question is, why didn't they take them now? Since they right. had most of them there. And the other thing is, I really don't think they would have shot them, shot Kate, if, especially if, they're, if they think at all, at this point, they're going to need her. Um, Actually, you know what? Like, they sent Hurley back. They didn't even want him. They have the three they wanted right here. Mm-hmm. They, they really... Sh- they, yeah. I've, I've heard that they're going to explain that, but, like, it just seems really ridiculous because, like, a few... <laughs> Like a day after, I don't, I don't remember how. It's really shortly after this yeah. that they're like, "Go get these people." It was very, very quickly. And, like, and that's the thing. I feel like that's why they want them to turn around at this point. Uh, that's why they don't. They want to seem big and badder. Then, even if they are as bad as they are, they're still making an effort to seem big and bad. Even if they have it to back up, they're making a very obvious effort. Um, you know. Oh, you know the timeline's weird. Uh, I wonder what what actually happened. What was he was Michael supposed to be walking across the island for days without the idea? The I mean he left last episode. No, it hasn't been for days because they Jack and them went after him right after he left. Like very no soon no. After. I mean I mean after this like you know the time the time between this and when he's at the camp with Miss Miss Mister. Miss Clue? With Miss Clue? No, I mean they—they whole... they captured him. He's—he is in captivity right now in 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 this episode in the hunting party. He's sitting on the sidelines with Alex. Yeah, no, I understand, but what I'm saying is, how long between this and when he's talking to Miss Clue? I, well, they take him straight minutes. away, don't they? You're just yeah. Saying, well, they can't take him too long, straight away. You're just saying how long does it take to get to where they went? Sort of. Well, basically, I would say. Around the same length it took for the the tail section people to get to the beach, I mean I think they're I think he's closer at this point, but he just gotta you know continue to the north side of the island. I would say two days at the most. Two days at the most. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's approximately right. I mean the reason I ask is because by the time he gets there, that the lost people need to have Henry Kale, and they they don't at this point, so it wouldn't make any sense. For Miss Clue to ask him about Henry Gale if they don't have him yet, yeah. Uh, so it needs it needs to take him at least until episode fourteen to get there, um, at the very least. And really, how do they even know? Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I I'm baffled. I don't know why Henry went either. That's what I was gonna say earlier. Um, it's a really big question about what what he was doing out there that yeah. he got in that trap you know w- was he really headed to the ki- to the main camp and he was going to try to do something there uh you know he said he was going to go get locked but i you know i don't know about that but uh, i think it's a big question what he was doing um, yeah i but agree I, but i also wonder you know how this lines up like like they have this scene and then like Three days later, they arrive at the FAMP, and they're like, uh, okay, uh, now they've got Henry, so now you go get the people that we just left, and, uh, and also release this guy. It just, it just seems very bizarre. Well, I mean, three minutes is when we, when, when does Michael, okay, when does Michael get to the FAMP? 
That's pretty much my question. Because I don't know uh, when that's supposed to... Actually, I think they do give some dates in that uh, in that episode. Let me let me have a look here. Uh, what episode was that? I think it's three minutes when Michael comes back after talking to Miss Clue that he, he convinces Jack to help him rescue Walt. I think that's all in the same episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Two for the road is when he comes back. Oh, my mistake. He goes back in two for the road, ready to, uh... Right? What yeah. I'm trying to think, when do, when do they let Michael go back to the hatch? It's two for the road. After he talks to Miss Clue and they say, we need this person, this person, this person, this person... He goes back to the hatch, and, and that's, when, that's when he comes running out of the jungle after being gone for so many episodes and us not knowing what happened to him. And he falls, you know, he, he runs into Jack and Kate, and he you know, just sort of falls there, and they take him back. And he's like, they got Walt. I need you guys to come with me, basically, right? Yeah. And then, uh, because that's when he kills Annalise. When does he kill them? Yeah, it was in Two for yeah, the Road. Yeah, Two for the Road. At the end. And then, um, I don't know, man. We'll have to think about this. I don't want to spend too much time pontificating. On According podcast. to the the three minutes thing, it was eleven days ago from the time of three minutes that the the Miss Clue conversation occurred. So I don't know what that means, but anyway, we... I don't either. That doesn't make any sense right now. I, I know it really doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't fit at all. But uh... all right, yeah. Um... We, we can... We can move on. Because, like, if it was... If it was uh, okay, sorry. Uh, I wanted to mention that when uh, Zeke uh, tells Alex to bring out Kate, uh, we don't see yeah. Alex. Of course um, not. Yeah, which is interesting. And, uh, and, of course, as we know from three minutes, Alex doesn't actually bring her out. Somebody else does. Oh, isn't that awesome? I forgot about that. Uh, so let's move on to Fire and Water before... Um, Something I don't know. Three hours, man. Let's go. Oh, you don't want to talk about the other crazy thing that happened? There wasn't anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> man, we gotta uh, talk about, about this great uh, Locke and Claire scene at the end. Oh God! Dance, dance, baby, dance. I dance with your baby. Okay, that probably made no sense to everyone, but it was just the fact that they were sort of dancing with the baby. Here, yeah. Locke, you hold my baby. What was Locke's thing by calling out Sawyer, telling him, you know, I know your name is James? That was a very weird he, thing. That, yeah. That, that makes me think Locke knows something about the others, like that, that, they, that they know his name is James or something. That was, that was too specific to just be run-of-the-mill Locke being stupid. Like, and at the very end, he's like, see ya, James. Like, that's really, 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 really weird. And then... Kate is right there. She does she know his name is James? Oh, she knows about the Sawyer thing. Never mind. That's classic. Yeah. That's classic season one. Excuse me. Um, yeah, please. Yeah, jeez. She she knew about it a long yeah. time ago. Um, you wrote this letter. You wrote this letter, didn't you? So, yeah. what do you think? Of no, that? I uh, just just to mention that scene is used in the connections feature on the season two DVD. 
as as a connection between Locke and Sawyer and the rampant speculation online is that somehow that I don't know how, but somehow that indicates that Locke's dad is a real Sawyer. Oh, I can totally see that now. Oh my god, that makes that makes perfect sense. That I could totally do, do you know why it makes perfect sense before I explain it? No. Okay. The, I, I think I think it's the idea that you know the, during the time that Locke spent with his dad, his dad referenced Sawyer that he used to go by that name or Locke. You know, I can see a flashback where we understand that his connection to Sawyer through his dad. Like, you see what I'm saying? And so now that yeah, so he sees a picture or he sees something with Sawyer written on it with his dad in it or his dad referenced that that you know whatever that used to be his name or I don't know. But um, okay. but there's a connection between Sawyer and his dad that Locke found out, and then now that he finds out Sawyer's real name is James Ford, he because he does ask him, he says, well, "Where'd you get that name from?" And then Sawyer says, "What makes you think I got it from somewhere?" He actually says, "Who did you?" Yeah, get it from? I was just about to re-say that. Yeah, he says, "Who did you get it from?" And so, man, if that doesn't mean. <laughs> If that doesn't mean that 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 that's the real Sawyer is Locke's dad, I don't know what that means. That is clear cut, man. That is clear cut. Yeah, good. Okay, wow, something clear cut. I know. Finally. <laughs> Besides that, Charlie's annoying. That's the other clear cut thing on this show. Um, Sing. Yeah, he says it's an interesting name to choose. Is all. Who'd you get it from? <laughs> Who says I got it from anybody? That, I, I mean, if that doesn't, God, man. Ugh, I don't know. Hey, you're, you sound convinced. I, 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 am, I have never been more convinced that, at the, I mean, that at the very least, Locke has a connection to that name somehow. I think most likely it's because that's his dad is the real yeah. Sawyer. But, uh, you know, I can see some flashback where, you know, it's one of those times when, Locke and his dad are talking about something or fighting about something, and and Locke is saying, "Why did you do this to me? You ruined my life." Oh God! And, uh, and he goes, "I ruined a lot of lives. Yeah. I used to be Sawyer, the man about town, and I used to woo. I don't know why he got Southern, but um, yeah, I can totally see a flashback with that. So I, man, I'm putting my money all on that, all of because." It explains why he would be so curious and why he says, who did you get it from? It's an interesting name. And then to be so specific about it. So that's where my right. money is. Always bet on My black. money's there too, but I don't feel like it's that clear cut, but, uh, but I think that's it. Well, what else could it mean, Sherlock? I, I, I don't even ask me. I, oh, don't I did. I just thought it was a weird scene. It was a scene I never picked up on, and the fact that they used it in the Connections feature made me think that that it was going to come into play somehow. Yeah. I think the fact, you know, he's, that scene is very weird, but then at the very end of the sh- you know, towards the end of the show, he goes, see ya, James. Like, he makes another, mm-hmm. they make another point to, to reiterate, reiterate, reiterate the Sawyer thing. Right. Uh, speaking of Sawyer... Episode 12, Fire and Water. Please, Fire <laughs> Plus. Fire Plus Water has nothing to do with Sawyer. In flashbacks, Charlie rele- <laughs> relives his struggles with his brother and the band. Hurley deals with his attraction to Libby, and the connection between Jack and Anna Lucia grows. Oh, the parallels. 
Charlie, feeling isolated from Claire and the baby <laughs> because it's crazy behavior, looks to Mr. Echo for guidance with disastrous results. That's weird. Okay. He really feels like Echo told him to steal the baby. I guess. Yeah. I did not tell him to do that. Yeah. Um, okay, man. I got so much on this episode. We're going to have to spend like five more hours. <laughs> but not talking about this uh, episode, just talking about other stuff. I have, I have like one question <laughs> for this episode. Why a Charlie BS? What? I said, why a Charlie BS? Yeah, that's. I guess that's a good. That's a better question. I got a couple things, but go ahead, man. It's all you. Yeah, and my question is sort of the obvious thing. No. Um, no. Are Charlie's visions real, and do they mean anything? Hmm. Hmm. And now that I think about it, are Charlie's visions real? I don't even know what I mean by that question. So. Yeah, I mean he's definitely having visions. Yeah, I guess I guess I I guess what I mean by that is are they just from his mind or is he getting them, you know, yeah. like like Echo's dream, you know, where Yimmy told him to push the button, you know. Is it is it an island induced dream or is it is this just Charlie going crazy, you know, within his own mind? I guess that's what I mean. Um Well, What's interesting to me is the t- to answer your question of if it means what was it if it means anything or if it's important or something. Yeah. Um. The answer to that would would come into what what is the purpose of baptizing the baby? His dream, you know, they were saying the baby's in danger. The baby's in danger. The baby's in danger. Uh, and mm-hmm. baptism seems to be the key to um, you know to fixing that. Um, right. Why would that be the case? I, I guess is where I would wanna, where I'd wanna focus the attention on that. Um, what would? And that's the thing. Okay, I guess I, I guess we should go to the end, the last scene. You know, Claire comes up and Charlie told me you were a priest. Yes, he said you told him that I have to. I did not tell Charlie to do what he did. So, um, you know, Claire is, God, she's just like the worst, most uninformed mother ever. And she's like, do I need to get my baby baptized? I don't know what that is, or should I do it, or whatever. I don't know. Like, she's so unprepared for motherhood, that, the, and they seem to be making a point about that, you know? Um, yeah. Not that just her character is not a good mother, but that she's, she's so unprepared, you know? And I know it's hard. I'm not saying being a mother is easy. Believe me, I have ten children, and they are all mine. I don't know what that means. I'm not a mother. I don't have children. Um, it's late. So, anyway, my point is, you know, Claire says, you know, baptism, let's get you in heaven. And and then Echo tells another quick biblical story about John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. And um, I love the interpretation of a dove coming down from the sky, meaning that he was free of sins. That's a very big leap, if you ask me, Jesus. Um, well, he didn't ask me, but that's a big leap. No, well, it was, it was John who interpreted it, so. Yeah, I know, I was, ma- I was making a joke. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, it's hard to tell. Um, but anyway, 
That's a big. I was piece. just correcting your joke. Yeah, correct my joke, grammar man or fact man. See, if you if you change this word, you can remove the humor. <laughs> nice. Uh, you should do an automated version of that. Autom automated uh, removal <laughs> joke. Okay, never mind. Um. Anyway, and then she says, "Does it mean if something happens to Aaron?" Or something happens to us, we wouldn't be together. You know, he would go to heaven and I wouldn't. And then he says, not if I baptize you both. So they both get baptized. Right. Um, so the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And I think but... it's weird that that baptism, I mean, here we go again into religious conversations. but I know. Um, it's baptism, echo forces it upon us. Baptism alone does not get you into heaven. You know, uh, living a... a holy Christian life and all that good stuff is really what counts. And the fact that he, the baby and her are both baptized is not, is not the key to victory. Um, but and, I think, I think supposedly, at least in some denominations, it is required. It's not, oh, it's definitely, it's not sufficient. It's definitely required. But it just seems like they're sort of implying that that's all that's needed. Um, but I mean, not that they have time to really explain everything, but I'm just saying it seems yeah. to be like, well, if I baptize you both, you'll both get into heaven. Well, that's not exactly true. Um, but what it, I guess I had to turn the tables on you and ask, uh, why baptism? What what does that have to do with anything? What's with all the religious things? Are they saying that, you know, Christians are good people? I mean, like, you know, there's this whole good versus bad thing and, you know, Echo's religious See what's interesting about Locke is that he's 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 got faith and he's got a certain sense of spirituality more on the mysticism side, um, but Echo's obviously you know religious, um, right? And he's he's seemingly a good person and religious, which you know aren't you know usually go hand in hand, but don't have to. Um, and I'm wondering what kind of statement are they making about? Uh, I'm not trying to blow anything out of proportion, but I'm just wondering what statement are they making about this whole baptism thing, like. What what could what situation would the baby be in danger and baptism is the is the key? Like I just don't understand what that means. Like in terms of what's going on in the island. I agree. I mean, I want to go back to you know Claire's original flashback where the psychic said something like, "Danger surrounds this baby," mm -hmm. and uh, you know. You have to, your goodness has to save it or whatever. And mm -hmm. it, it, uh, it made me think that this is somehow connected to that and that baptizing it is somehow like further protection or something. But honestly, I think it's just, it's just, you know, I, I mean, is there, I really don't think it matters that much. Is, are we supposed to believe there's a, there's some sort of Christian based evil, Christianity based evil on this island that can potentially harm the baby? Yeah, see, I don't buy that. And I just, I think, you know, I mean, this is the thing. Like, Charlie's visions didn't say to baptize a baby. He took, he took his visions to Echo, and Echo sort of interpreted it that way. Yeah. So, and of course, he thinks the baby needs to be baptized. I mean, he's, he's Christian. He's going to believe that. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that's what the visions were saying to do. And I don't necessarily think that this is required in terms of, in terms of the island and protecting it from something on the island. I, I don't think that's. I just don't buy that. I feel like this is just a little side subplot that doesn't really have any relevance for the for the main sort of story. Well, that, that would be my. Guess. Yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. I mean, if I had to interpret his visions, I would say, 
you know, it was basically the baby going out to water, you know, and that could also be interpreted as the baby getting off the island, I guess. Um, but, you know, the first time the baby was locked in the piano, supposedly, and going out to sea, and then and the second mm-hmm. time it was in the crib going out to sea. Um, and and the painting, like, I don't, I, I'm not sure if you specifically know, if our listeners specifically know, uh, but the paintings that, that Claire and his mom were in uh, or representing was a painting of, um, you know, this famous painting of John the Baptist. So it's a pretty apt thing to connect the two. He tells Locke, you know, about the painting, I'm sorry, uh, Echo, about the painting. It's, uh, the painting is The Baptism of Christ by Vero Chio. B-E-R-R-O-C-C-H-I-O. Um, which I believe... Okay, hold on a second. I'm getting really confused. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. The painting... There's a painting, apparently... I didn't really catch this, but I'm looking at the transcript. At the very beginning of the episode, there's a there's a painting, The Baptism of Christ by Vero Chi... Baraccio or whatever, and that is in their home. And so his dream is basically based on that painting that was in his home as a child, his vision. Yeah. Um, so I think it's pretty apt to say it did have to do with baptism because that's what the painting is and that's what the images yeah. are coming from. And, you know, the sure. baby was going out to water. Uh, I, but I agree, it doesn't seem like it, it, it's really going to come to anything, but... I just don't. Why spend your time with something fairly a big part of this episode that didn't really seem to come to anything? Uh, I mean, it does give an opportunity for 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 Charlie to act really crazy and bring a rift between Claire and Charlie, and then for Locke to step in. I love when Locke beats Charlie. Oh, that was awesome because it was so unexpected. It was I I got to talk about that. Um, so I don't know. To answer your original question, are the visions real? Yes, he's really having visions. And I guess your second part was, does it? What does it mean, or does it mean anything? Yeah, that's not what I meant by real. But I'll, I'll... yeah, I know. Um, I don't know. Okay, yeah, I don't know if the visions are coming from the island or not. Uh, I would assume they are. Um, so you think the island really cares that this baby gets baptized? Like I just. Just maybe it was a that. maybe it was a test to see if Charlie could could do it or could get the I mean I guess I'm not answering your question but uh, to see if Charlie could get the baby baptized you know I mean you would think if the I I mean obviously well if the island really wants the baby baptized why not give Claire the visions I guess um, yeah but if if the island is testing Charlie because also he has to deal with the heroin in this one again and right. if he's really testing Charlie. Um, I don't, you know, but like I said, I can only imagine if it's this sort of test, but it still doesn't explain if the island really cares or not. Either way, um, yeah, I can't imagine the island cares if a baby's baptized. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of unanswered questions there, obviously. We didn't really get to anything, but, um, yeah. So, I wanted to say, let's talk about Libby for a sec, and then we'll come back to craziness. Um, oh, Libby. The first thing Libby says in her scene with Hurley is, 
do these washer and dryers look newer than everything else? And I should say that they do. I think that model had like just come out that year, if not the year before. So those newfangled, mm-hmm. big, nice washer and dryers. So the, not only does she comment on it, but it's it's obvious that it's there. So what could that mean? The fact that these washers and dryers are were made in you know two thousand four, two thousand five. And they're on the now, I- and they're on the island now. I'm about to talk out of my ass a little bit. Okay. But I think that this was something. I think this was a response to things that to something that fans were saying. I think uh, initially when we saw the washer and dryer, everybody sort of picked up on the fact that it was that it, that it was a new model and it didn't fit in with the rest of the stuff. And there was a lot of stuff online about it. And I think that it was actually in response to that that they the that the writers put this in there. So uh, and that's why Hurley says it washes clothes, that's all that matters. Yeah, and I think I think it started off as a simple, you know, uh what do they call it? Uh uh what's the word? Uh there's a word for that. Um like like if it if it's an old movie and, yeah, and you a, see uh, it's a uh, what do you call it <laughs> um, yeah that's where I was uh, the keyword I'm looking for uh, not uh, production uh, like a it's the wrong era you know it's like a yeah set dressing type thing decor uh, what do you <laughs> pr- production that's design it. production design it's a production design no, problem no there's a word for that for that type of mistake it's not a continuity uh, error. No, it's not a continuity error. It's it's a uh, it's a goof. It's a something else. Yeah, I don't know what it's uh, called, man. But um, yeah, anyway, that's 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 what it is. So it was an error. That's what I think. It's it was just an error. They didn't want to change it. They said, "Hey, instead of changing, it, we'll point out that it doesn't really matter." Yeah, they, once they point it out, it's like, well, we pointed it out. So yeah, now we'll just. I don't think they're gonna actually try to explain it. I think they're yeah. just. They, they they give that throwaway line and then I just, you know that that's I, it. I want to know the production designer who was told, okay, well, we're gonna have this scene, we're gonna have this hatch, and we need this, and this needs to look like this. Okay, we need a washer and dryer, and we need this, and he's getting the list, and he's getting all that stuff. What makes him think to go buy a new washer and dryer? Like, I don't understand why he. Why that doesn't cross your mind? Seems like like that's something you would not be fired for, but be reprimanded for. Like we're making a a period film here, you know they're making a period set basically, you know, and then he he goes out of period with that wash and dry. It's really strange. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of errors happen, and it and it does seem astounding. But I think, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, and they work with multiple crews, and there's all sorts of people involved with with every step of the process, and multiple different teams that aren't necessarily communicating and. I think I think in the chaos of trying to get the show out, like stuff just gets missed, and and that, and and I guess I feel like no one noticed. Like the the guy bought the dry the washer and dryer, and everyone no one really thought about it. Yeah, they, they somehow it just like went over everybody's head. Yeah, and, you know, odd. except the fans who were analyzing everything. That's why I need to run the show. It was really weird. Like I watched the commentary for Dave. I know this is a little early, but that whole thing with the picture looking wrong, yeah. you know, 
not matching. Yeah. Like the guys, you know, there was a, a couple of uh, I don't remember who they were, but they were they were sort of behind the scenes production guys on the on the commentary track, and they were like, you know, the fans are saying that the picture didn't match. And they were looking at, like, the celery on the table and the thing. And they didn't point out the obvious thing, which was the darkness in the background in mm-hmm. the picture. Yeah. You know? And the fact that it was from a different angle and that Hurley was sitting a different way. They were like, no, look, the celery looks the same. I mean, I think <laughs> it's the same. Oh, God. It was really weird. It was like they didn't—they were looking at the episode, and they did not notice how off that picture was. Yeah, that's And I'm like, really okay, weird. well, you know what? If they don't notice— they're like looking at the celery but and I not think, worrying about the obvious thing. But they didn't get to do what we got to do was have those two shots, those two pictures together. Yeah. Because they're just watching the episode. So if they don't catch the first time that there's dark in the back or it's blah, 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 then when they see the second yeah. time, they're not going to notice. But what we got to do is see both at the same time on the screen and scrutinize each. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. It is it is sort of interesting. I mean, it would be really weird if they did what we did and they still didn't see the darkness in the background and there's a guy in right. one shot and a guy not in the other. And Hey, the celery looks fine to hey, me. Hey, the celery. So... Hey, guys. So let's talk. keep talking about Libby here. Um, Libby and Hurley. I love, mm-hmm. I love when... Um, let's see. It's very strange. So Hurley says, it washes clothes. That's all I need to know. And Libby goes, ah, finally someone who keeps it simple. And then she says, hey, look at this. And she holds up some shirt. She says, you think I can pull this off? And at that point, like, like Hurley looks at the, the little blouse thing, halter top, whatever it is. And then he looks at it and then looks at her very strangely and, you know, sort of doesn't say anything. And then she, she goes, you know, let me tell you, you know, when a girl asks that kind of question, she's looking for validation. And Hurley's looking at her face and then he goes, do I know you from somewhere? I, you know, Cynthia Watchos, man, I think she's a she's a really good actress. She she does some really subtle work in this little scene, and the look she gives him right after he says that is just awesome. She sort of looks but doesn't look, and and shows a little something on her face, but not too much. Oh, it was nice. And um, so she goes, you know, you mean the other flight? And he goes, flight? And it's like the you way mean he other than it, the flight? I'm sorry. You mean other than the flight? And then. He says flight as if that word, like, resonated with him. And I was trying to figure out what that could mean. Like, the fact that that caught, you know, and then, and then she immediately says, okay, turn around, you know, and sort of distracts him uh, mm-hmm. at that point when he says flight, you know. And so I was wondering what that meant. I mean, obviously he remembers the flight he took, but... I feel like that meant... Now, before I say anything else, have we seen Libby on the plane? Uh... I don't remember. Okay. I don't think we'll have we, to look. I don't think we have, but maybe we have. I don't remember either. But I was just thinking... Oh, you know what we did see her in? The airport. Okay. With, uh, with Echo and the... Uh, Oh yeah! Excuse me. Is everything okay? Yeah, I love that. I can't wait to see that again. So she was at least in the airport. So I, I think she was on the plane. Well, hey. So my point was that he says flight, which made me think that he he he's basically saying I don't remember. Well, I mean, my part of my theory is I, he's basically saying 
I don't think I don't remember seeing you on the flight. Like you know, because she said, because he's like, do we know each other? And she goes, you mean other than the flight? And basically, he's expecting, you know, the fact that she references the flight, he's thinking she's going to reference something else. So he goes, flight? Like no, that's not at all what I was thinking. I was thinking something else because I definitely don't remember you on the flight. And you're saying you were on a flight. So anyway, I thought that was sort of interesting that, that that word resonated with him. That's just one thing I could think Even of. Even though, like, he should know. I mean, she's supposed to be from the tail section. I mean, it's not like he should not know she was supposed to be on a flight. I mean, that's just sort of... I feel like he's just... I feel like he's he's thinking, and he's not... He's barely paying attention to what she's saying, and he just sort of repeats the word. And I, I don't feel like he's actually listening to her. I think he's still trying to figure out where he remembers her from. Huh, okay. That'd be a we- to say flight just because he's sort of thinking. Well, I, m- I missed the first part of what you said. I didn't I didn't catch that. I think he's still trying to remember where no, where the thing he you said before knows that. her from. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Um, if I said anything before that, I don't remember. I just think there's a lot there's there's some mystery here about Libby and what she's really doing and what's really going on and obviously he he she was in the in the mental hospital with them, and I think that is where even if she was on the flight or not, I think that's the answer he was looking for. And I think explain to me how she was not on the flight and she's on the island and she was at the airport. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, I have no I have I have no theories. I mean, she could be an other for all I know, dude. She could be undercover. She could have done a, any number of things they could write. I don't know. I'm not saying she wasn't on the flight. I'm just saying that it seems like when he says flight, he's thinking... Basically, my point is, the answer he's looking for is mental hospital. So when she says other than the flight, he's thinking, well, no, that's not what I'm... That's not, you know, the answer he was looking for. You know, that's not the the place that he remembers seeing her. Uh, Which basically means he doesn't remember seeing her on a flight, not that she was there. Now, of course, he goes... Uh, I can't remember, you know, she says, I can't remember you, I don't, I can't believe you don't remember stepping on my foot. And he goes, I did. And he goes, yeah, you did. Oh, this, re- I think, I think we see her in the end when we get a, don't we get a shot of everybody coming into the plane at the end of the season? Yeah, I don't remember if we see her, uh, but I feel we'll like see. we might. Anyway, she claims that he stepped on her foot and and you know he, he he was the last one on the flight and he was all sweaty and had headphones on uh so anyway you know how could she know that if she wasn't there you know it'd be sort of a little hard to know that information if she wasn't on the flight um and she was at the airport so she was at the airport I mean, um I, to me that's i mean i don't remember if she up... does he, did he have headphones on though i just i don't feel like he had headphones on when he was going when he was getting to his seat. Um, yeah, no. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, actually, I think he did. He put, Maybe a, not he put his headphones no, on. No, no, no. I think he put on headphones when he sat down. Yeah, that's the thing. Like she, So she gets this piece wrong, and maybe they just, you know, didn't, you know, it's one of those things where they wrote it here, and they didn't show it the same way when we actually see it or something, but. Yeah, well, we've already seen it at this point. I mean, that was uh, oh yeah, we that was the season that. one finale. So I don't know, maybe they just got it wrong. But at least in any case, she's sort of wrong about that piece of information. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm but just, she's I'm just lying. Trying to figure out what's going on with her. 
she's lying about this because she was in the tail section and he wasn't, so he would not have passed her on the way to his seat. See? So he... There you go. You're proving my point. That so, my point is something screwy's going on here. Maybe she was on the plane, I, but something screwy's going on here. I, I think she was absolutely on the plane. I think she's trying to she's trying to give him a reason why why he remembers her, uh, so that he'll stop trying to think about where he remembers her from. How which is okay. the mental hospital. I'll buy that, but how could if she's way in the back of the plane, do you really think she's going to see him in the in the sort of front middle that he was in? You know? I mean, she could have. I mean, he, I'll, I'll say maybe she could have seen him, but, I mean, if you're on a plane, are you really, like, I guess he was the last passenger. Maybe he was making a lot of commotion. I guess. Yeah, yeah. He, it was a big ordeal when he got on. And, like, you can you can see. I mean, if he, <laughs> if he came in the right oh, way man. and she was on the right side. I was just thinking, like, this is actually a bad lie to tell because if if she told Saeed this, he would quickly remember that she was in the back and he wasn't, and uh, right. there's no way he stepped on her foot. But I guess I guess this is something that can get past Hurley. Yeah, because that's a Hurley really is not a master. That's a really bad it. lie to tell. Yeah, don't you remember stepping on my foot? But wait, weren't you in the back of the plane where I never? Yeah. Went? Yeah. No, Saeed wouldn't let that go, but. Uh... Yeah. He would torture her. Oh, God. Um, okay, so I just want let's quickly say that Locke is very crazy at this point in the season. He's very yeah. untrusting. He's very um, – he doesn't recognize the same signs he used to follow. You know, Charlie tells him he had a dream about, you know, some, some dire situations, and he, he just pretends like it's, 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 you know, rubbish, you know? Right. Like he's just an addict, blah, blah, blah. And I think season one Locke would have really been interested since season one Locke had a dream with some dire situations in it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just so funny how off the path he is. And he's just, he's totally unlike what he used to be, which is funny because he's nicer to Claire and Aaron now that he's, yeah, that's now, that weird. he's now that he's meaner to everyone else. Yeah. You know, oh, can I also mention real quick? Oh yes, it's, it's along the same lines. You know, he he basically tells Charlie he grab he follows Charlie to where Charlie keeps his stash. Charlie's a liar, man. Oh, he lies all the time. Where he has the stash of Virgin Marys filled with the heroin, and he takes mm-hmm. them all. And he goes, you know, there's a time I wanted to let you make your own decisions about this, but now I'm making it for you. When in the episode before, he stops Jack and says, Jack, who are we to tell anybody what to do and what not to do and what they can and can't do? You know, when Jack wants to keep after Michael. You know, Locke tells him, who are we to decide that? You know, but it's so hypocritical because a couple episodes ago, Hurley, you know, and everyone hates Hurley, Hurley didn't want to be the food manager. And Locke tells Mm -hmm. him, well, you got to be. And then Jack wants to follow Michael to stop him. And Locke tells him, well, who are we to tell people what they can and can't do? (laughs) And then in this episode, he's telling, he's he's basically telling Charlie, you know, you can't do heroin. I won't let you. You know, yeah. Um, so he's he's flip flopping, which I think is also a sign that he's crazy and going on the wrong path. And the fact that he hit Charlie, I mean, obviously it was it was sort of called for to a certain degree, but the fact that he's the one who did it, um, I think was very interesting. I love how he like backslapped him. That was nice. Get a little backslapped and a couple jabs. That was cool. And um, so it didn't seem like like something Locke would do. It was definitely. You know. I remember first watching it. 
totally surprised me. Yeah. It really threw me off. Because I think, I think it was at this point... I really think before this, I let I let the little signs go that Locke was losing it. Mm-hmm. But I think it was at this point where I'm like, wow, Locke is really far gone from what he was. Oh, yeah. You know? Now when I watch it, I feel like he lost it way back in season one. But He, uh, he started the hatch, dude. It's the hatch. That's yeah. when he started going off the path. And I think once he yeah. got into the hatch, he was totally off the path. Yeah. Yeah, when 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 you look back, you can see. And then when you get to this point, it's not such a surprise. It's like, yeah, of course he would do that. Yeah. You know, he's 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 not he's not the person he used to be and you know. He's just like yeah, angry at Charlie and I think he feels a little bit of personal failure. He feels like he's sort of responsible in some way. Because he sort of helped Charlie through this, and now and he feels like he didn't do a good enough job, and you know, yeah. So I, I mean, there, there's that part of it. I don't know what he's doing with Claire. I feel like he's just he's just nice to Claire because like, it makes Charlie mad. Pl- yeah, that's what it seems like, man. He just seems like he's he's only doing it. But I mean, he was nice. To, I mean, he built the crib for the cradle or the crib for for Claire. Yeah. But it just seems like now that Charlie's out of the picture, he's, like, really shoehorning his way in there. Yeah. It's weird because he's spending all this time out of the hatch. Like, yeah. I had this impression of him just hanging around the hatch for the whole season, but he's out quite a bit. He even moves out to, like, stay by Claire. Yeah. Well, he's got... You know, after this happens. He's got the rotation going in the hatch. I think. I think people seem... I think towards the end of the season... There's less people on the rotation, and it's mainly just him. And well, then of course, pretty soon after that, he uh, sort of gives up on the hatch. But yeah. Um, the last thing I want to talk about was Echo marking the trees. Um, I think. Oh yeah, I can't wait for that. I know. Didn't uh, what? I said something right, interesting, or I was gonna say something interesting. You said he yeah, was. Yeah, you were going to explain what he was doing and how it didn't have anything to do with the church. I well, can't wait to hear. he said he was marking trees for the ones that he liked, um, and I, I agree that it seemed like he was doing that so he could pick the ones for the church. Now, what tree he likes and what tree he doesn't like, I don't know what that means in terms of building the church, <laughs> unless he just means like in terms of this. This will be a good, easy piece to cut down and. And it's fairly straight, so I won't have to do any crazy cutting. You know, unless he means, like, sort of realistically... Yeah, know. that's kind of how I took it. Oh, okay. Um, I thought he's like, which trees tell the best jokes? Well, they're all knock-knock jokes. <laughs> oh, was that really funny, or was it just me? That was, that was kind of funny. You know, because they're trees. If I was less tired, I would <laughs> laugh, I think. Let me tell you why it's funny. Let me take you inside the joke. Please tell me what you did there. Uh, yeah, let me let me show you what I did there. Um, my point about I don't know I, I don't know if those trees that he cut down, I'm sorry, the trees that he was marking are the trees that he used was because I think those trees got burned up in the fire that Charlie set. Because if you noticed in the end of the episode when Claire comes up to him, Echo is sitting in that burnt area where there are trees around, looking very forlorn, like damn, this is all gone. And I can't imagine ah. any other reason he would be sitting there, like, deep in thought, looking at the damage, unless that's where he was marking trees. 
Yeah, but isn't it possible he was going to use those trees for the church, but he couldn't because they got Yeah, exactly. That was my point is that I don't think he used those trees, but he was going to. I mean, mean, why else would he mark trees? Who knows? Okay, okay, okay. That was my point. I thought thought you... Very minor point. Yeah, no, that, that, I mean, it's a good point, and it's true. I mean, we, we see him in later episodes actually chopping him down, and and it's clear that, he's, that he is using him for the thing. But, yeah, the, the trees we actually see him marking, he probably doesn't get to use because they burn. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I just like to say Charlie really, like, did, he really went overboard just to, like, get the baby. I mean, yeah, that, he didn't... that big fire, you know. Yeah was just sort of ridiculous. Yeah, that was a fairly big fire. You know. You uh, what didn't is, need to do that. What it, it was funny when Saeed, we saw Saeed this out. I was like, wow, I haven't seen you in a while, man. Like, yeah. it's crazy. And he's like, we gotta I hurry and throw out, put out the fire or it'll destroy the whole camp. And I'm like, oh, I think you're exaggerating, but okay, put out the fire. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he went into hiding after Shannon died, and he didn't yeah, come out. Oh, again he was in mourning. I forgot. Someone. Yeah, exactly. He's a monora. They don't want to deal with him. <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm a monora. Um. Nice. Yeah, Charlie went overboard. This is this is Charlie's craziness. Maybe maybe Charlie and and uh, and Locke have this like kindred bond. Like, the more Locke goes off the path, the more crazy Charlie gets. Oh, okay. Maybe they're, like, connected somehow. I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Well, we'll go here, continue to episode 13. Uh, But I guess that'll be after our break. You don't want to talk about it now? Huh? Nothing. How do we do a four-hour podcast for four episodes? Well, you know, I mean, that's more or less what we've been doing, so... Well, we were doing four hours for five episodes before. Oh, wait a minute. We did, we did like, five hours for eight. And we did five hours for eight. Four for four is bad. (laughs) Yeah. Considering how tired we are. I guess we can't do Namaste with this, because we're not done. We're not done. Unless, so, unless this will be its own podcast, but that's just weird. Can I? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we should make this its own podcast because this is four hours, dude. Yeah, that's pretty fucking long. All right, you want to namaste it? Yeah, let's know. namaste it. All right, all right, st- guys, stay tuned. All right, hold on. Five, four, three, two, one. Alright guys, uh, stay tuned to the next part of our Season 2 Quick and Dirty Retrospective uh, coming soon. Uh, Thank you and namaste. Namaste and good luck.